1: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see oceanside relaxation at a fine hotel and resort
2: property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
3: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry.
4: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
4: Hello
6: and happy Saturday, everybody. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's do some deep breathing exercises to start, right? <sighs> you know, I introduced my young kids to uh the the Jada Kiss song We Gonna Make It um earlier this week. I don't know why, like it just hits. You know, when I was a youngish guy in New York City after college, um that song was just an awesome like anthem to get you fired up for the weekend and um it's a re- it's a different reason to get you fired up now. Like, we're going to get through this, folks. We are. It may take months. But we are going to get through this. And uh, fortunately, we still have sports. Sports has done fairly well against the COVID, although something's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. We'll get to that eventually. Um, thankfully, the NFL has done, f- I would say, very, very good for the first two months getting through COVID. And... Um, we're, we have a minor distraction. I think we all need it, right? It's been a hellish four days. And, you know, if you guys have followed any of the election, it ain't going anywhere. Recounts out the wazoo. Fortunately, we have a good college football Saturday ahead, although COVID has crushed college football. Gavin, at last count, it was, what, 10 games this weekend canceled? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, two co- two Pac-12 games. You know, Pac-12 supposed to have this big opening this weekend. And I think they had two games canceled. And I had Robert Smith on my daily podcast, Straight Fire. Uh, iHeart puts that out, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, we're crushing it. And Robert Smith came on, the announcer for FS1. He's like, man, listen, every week it's like, who knows what's going to happen? And the, the, it, it's just a different world. 2020 is one we'll never forget, you know? Uh, I bemoan the fact that my kids are, it's a lost year for them having to do school from home. And I know across the country, a lot of kids are back in school. Uh, don't get me started on the L.A. situation. Um, but, you know, the NFL has, has powered through it. And before I get into, you know, the weekend in sports and, you know, we got Breeders' Cup this weekend, we have the Masters next weekend, we have Thanksgiving a couple weeks away, um, I just want to say something seems fishy, Gavin, about that Baltimore Ravens situation. So Marlon Humphrey, their best cornerback, tests positive for COVID. His contact tracing people are five or six other starting defenders on the Ravens. All week, the line, you know, comes off the three. The Ravens are favored by two and a half. And slowly but surely, it ticks down. And then yesterday, boom, it goes from Ravens are favored to the Colts are favored by one at a few influential gambling outposts. And again, you're trying to read the markets. Everybody's trying to read the tea leaves as to what the heck's going on next. And we talk about it uh, on this show ad nauseum, Right. I think Brian Windhorst is the guy who really started it. Because if you remember, Brian Windhorst was a great NBA reporter. And he decided, you know what? There's really no no point in reporting on transactional stuff around the league. It is commoditized within a minute of it being reported. It's on every blog. Everybody's chasing internet traffic. There's no point in chasing news. It's what's next. What's the next domino that's going to fall? What does this mean for the future? And that applies to sports and I'm sure elections and movies and TV and Netflix and everything, radio as well. And I guess my big takeaway is it's so damn tough to say what the heck is going to happen next. Okay. Five years ago at this time, I was, I had just got a plane ticket to come out to FS1 for my first appearance. Okay. Ever. And I was like, oh. That's kind of interesting. We'll see what happens. That was 5 years ago. Fast forward to 2020 and I'm living in LA. FS1, Fox Sports Radio. I have a daily podcast. I don't did anybody have a daily podcast in 2015? I don't even know if that existed. Maybe Joe Rogan. I don't know. And I'm I'm doing stuff for Fox Sports Digital. And it's like I could not have predicted 5 years ago where I would be now. No way. No shot. How am I supposed to predict what the heck's going to happen in two days in the NFL, in five days with COVID tests, with the Matt Stafford situation in Detroit? But you have to make an educated guess on the information you have. And I'm telling you, I would not be shocked. We'll find out. I'm sure Isaac will have it. We'll probably break in if there is news on the Ravens and the COVID front. And that's something to watch because, listen, folks, the Baltimore Ravens got their I mean, they, I don't want to say they got their butts kicked, but they got it handed to them at home by their rivals in a game where their quarterback, the reigning MVP, was a train wreck 4 turnovers. And this is a big game for the Ravens. You know, everybody loved to talk about the uh, John Harbaugh coming off the bye numbers. Well, I mean, have you looked at the numbers of John Harbaugh um, off a loss? I mean, he's like 133 and 86 or something insane. Like, Harbaugh's a great coach. This is a tough spot. Baltimore Ravens, Colts. And that's not even, Gavin, I don't even think it's the top two game of the weekend, right? No. I mean, you have not. to start with Buck Saints. Oh, yeah. A- and I joked on Cowherd Show yesterday that, you know, Buck Saints, a battle of the two oldest quarterbacks in the league, Tom Brady, 43, and Drew Brees, 41. It's like our presidential election. Two old guys <laughs> going at it. A- and listen, Sunday Night Football then, Gavin, I'm sure you saw the news. Drew Brees, shoulder injury. What's going on? Missing practice. Is it a baked in day off? Is it he's an old guy and he's got to save the shoulder? Are we gonna see Jameis Winston against the Bucks? Like that game Sunday night. I'm so fired up for it. Does Actually. Michael Thomas play? Does Michael Thomas th- yeah, what's going on? He's he's questionable. It's been And the most
7: intriguing thing to me, yeah. What does Antonio Brown look Ooh. like in a Bucks uniform? Ooh. I think he's gonna be good. Yeah,
6: I, mean, <laughs> I mean him it, it, and Bruce Arians again, right? Gronkowski starting to cook uh with Tampa. Like that's the game of the weekend. And you know. And NFL just has an awesome slate. But I want to start with something I saw uh, Thursday night. And I did, I think we have began to touch on this, the Jimmy Garoppolo situation in San Francisco. And I don't know how overboard you guys want to go. And, you know, I, because of the job I have, I basically end up doing radio hits around the country almost every day. And I went on a, a San Francisco show yesterday with Mark Willard, a former Fox Sports Radio Weekend guy, who I know, nice guy. And we start talking about Jimmy G, and he's like, ah, you know, I don't see anything happening with that. They love Jimmy G. When he's healthy, they go to a Super Bowl. And I was like, well, you know, that's the thing, Mark. <laughs> you know, his uh, first full year, where he's, uh, you know, the year after the trade, he was traded at the trade deadline in um, 2018. So he finished, no, he, I'm sorry, I think it was twelve seventeen. So 2018 is his first full season. And in week three, tears and ACL jogging out of bounds on like a get out of bounds play. And he's done for the year. And then in 2019, they go to the Super Bowl when he's healthy. And then in 2020, he's hurt multiple times. And then if you think back to the Patriots, the year Tom Brady was suspended for the um, cell phone gate. I don't even remember. Was that Deflategate? That was
7: Deflategate. Yeah. I
6: mean, Gavin, how funny is that? feels like forever Oh, ago. yeah. Different <laughs> oh generation, of yeah. generation. Yeah. Geez, So Jimmy G gets thrust in as the starter. He's lights out in week one, and I never will forget this because I was on the Cardinals thinking, oh, Brady's out, they're in trouble. And, you know, it was like Patriots win by like 30. And, uh, geez, Jimmy, G, gee, this guy looks good. Game two, he's crushing it against the Dolphins, and then he gets crushed. Shoulder injury. And he was out on the shelf for a while. Jacoby Brissett then had to come in. And it's like, at what point is Jimmy Garoppolo the guy who can't stay healthy? And again, I'm not knocking him because he's... Taken some hits, and you know Matt Stafford. Remember, early in his career, was a, oh Jesus, he an always hurt kind of guy, and he's been fine. Andrew Luck as well had some injuries and ended up retiring early. Only the 49ers know what Jimmy Garoppolo's body is like, and the doctors, and you know they they examine this stuff, they track it more than ever before. But according to the salary cap. The 49ers have given Garoppolo all of his guaranteed money that he's going to see on this contract that he's on. So if they want to get out from under, they can just get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They can move on and find a new quarterback. But then the question is, well Jay, you know you, you joke about the Miami Dolphins. Once Dan Marino retired, they've had to wait, counting on, I think, 20, 23 years now, or whatever it is, for to find a starter. It's impossible to find st- starting franchise quarterbacks. You can rotate in the Ryan Tannehills of the world and who, whoever else Miami's gone through over 25 years. They don't have a franchise guy. And I can't knock them because my Jets also haven't found one. They thought they had one in Darnold. I'm going to have to pass on that comment now. I'm not saying Darnold's not a franchise guy. We'll come get to him in a moment. But if you're the 49ers, think about this. Okay. Can we do better than Jimmy G? We've got a Super Bowl roster. Last year, 13-3. and three. Great everywhere. Quarterback position, we don't have a top 10 guy. Nobody would argue Jimmy G's a top 10 guy. Can we upgrade without having to lose talent elsewhere? We need to, we got to pay Trent Williams, the left tackle who's now hurt. You saw how bad it was without Trent Williams Thursday. I mean, Nick Mullins was under duress all night. You know, we got to figure out this receiver situation. If Debo Samuels goes down, they've got nobody. Brandon Ayuk, rookie, eh. Kittle goes down. What else we got? Like, eventually you're going to have to upgrade Richard Sherman, who's been out pretty much the whole year. Like, they've got holes to fill. Well, how do you do that when you're paying a quarterback top dollar? Well, who can you get in that you're not going to have to pay top dollars? It's good. It, let me introduce you to Sam Darnold of the New York Jets. Do we know if he's a franchise guy? No. Do you have to pay him a lot? Not really. He hasn't proven it. I think Darnold could work in San Fran. Like, listen, Matt Stafford, you know, Chris, uh, the Detroit Lions. GM and coach, they're on their way out. What's going to happen? Do they move on from Stafford and start a total rebuild? Matty Ice in Atlanta. Arthur, Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, he's always prancing around on that sideline looking very angry. He looks like a Bond villain. Very unhappy. I don't know. Do they tear it down and start over? Julio Jones, you had a good run. Matty Ice, thanks. We're going to just uh, move on. I don't know. This shapes up as a fascinating NFL offseason if you're the San Francisco 49ers. Because if you can slide in Darnold and then you can build around him because you don't have to pay Darnold 25 mil. He has not earned that. He hasn't. There could be something for the Niners. And then what becomes a Jimmy G? And, Gavin, this is a bit of a layup, right? Bill Belichick has Cam Newton. Cam looked good for, what, two weeks? Jimmy Garoppolo, former 49ers quarterback, Bill did not want to trade him. According to all the reports, we've had Greg Bedard on, Dan Shaughnessy, all these guys have told us. Yeah, Tom Brady forced Kraft's hand to trade Jimmy G. So Belichick gets his guy back? Could that be possible? I know playing quarterback carousel is fun. Listen, we just had an NFL trade deadline where we were expecting fireworks, and it was like, mm, duds. Nothing went down. Um...
7: Here's my only thought is Sam Darnold is under contract for one more year. Yes. And then San Francisco would have to pay him. Correct. And that would be the same kind of thing that happened with Jimmy. Jimmy, they had to pay right away the next year. And they gave him that contract. And I think we agree that they probably regret that.
6: Well, they went to a Super Bowl.
7: Yeah, but it wasn't because of Jimmy. Correct. It, It was because of Shanahan's system and the defense. Now, they don't have that defense Shanahan's still a great coach, but he can only scheme up so much, right?
6: Yeah, can they get the defense back if Darnold is on a discount? Maybe you say, you know what? Let's get Darnold. Let's get a Darnold extension done, so we don't have to have him dominate in my system for a year and then have to pay him. Maybe we just get a deal done on the trade. I don't know that Darnold would want to do the, that, but who else is paying Sam Darnold right now?
7: Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't. League, I don't think like, anyone is. Maybe yeah. maybe the Dolphins go. You know, don't like Tua, and maybe San Francisco
6: trades for Tua. Big weekend for Tua. I'm fascinated by Arizona. This is a massive weekend for him. Huge game. I mean, listen, it's the NFL. There's games everywhere. College football has a really good slate. No Trevor Lawrence today, which stinks. Um, And you know what? Uh, There was a curious NBA decision made. I'm still mystified by it. They're going to be going back in late December after the season just ended in October. And I can't wait for LeBron to just say to the NBA, you know what, I need more time. I'm not playing in your Christmas Day opener. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not playing on that Tuesday night where you want to do the ring ceremony. Sorry. Find Go go get the Clippers to play. Go get the Warriors to play. They, they had the last six months off. Um, so this is like a great month in sports, and I think we need it, um, given everything else going on around the country. So coming up next, we're going into college football because, folks, we just talked about big NFL weekends ahead. I'm not sure if you guys noticed what happened in Michigan last weekend. The Michigan Wolverines lost as heavy. Were they three touchdown favorites? Or
7: it was, was something it? Chris, like that. Chris it was is
6: a Spartans guy.
8: No, I, I'm actually, I graduated from USC, but I mean, I cover the Lions, so I have to know Michigan and Michigan State pretty well. I believe it was something close to about 20 points oh there. My yeah, gosh. yeah it was loses
6: definitely it. over 20. It might have been yeah. Outright as around three touchdown favorites. And now. If you look at the schedule, they play an, I think, an undefeated Indiana team today. And then Wisconsin, which looked great and then has had to cancel two games because of COVID. And then Wisconsin. Is this Jim Harbaugh's last stand in Michigan? We'll talk about that next here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside.
6: Today, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth 31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. We will have a guest on, a horse racing guy I know. I actually uh, did a TV show with him. I don't do horses, but we did NFL together. He's good on horse racing, so he'll stop by in the final hour, give you some winners. Make some money on the horses back here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, yeah, so Michigan is in a tough spot. Because you can't fire a Michigan guy in Jim Harbaugh who has not been terrible. He just hasn't won any of the games that have actually mattered. Bowl games, not good. Ohio State hasn't beaten him. Michigan State eh, hasn't been great. And again, if you just look at the numbers, it's like, oh, how could you fire Jim Harbaugh? 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, 9 and 4, uh, he's one and one this year, but lost four straight bowl games. And again, what are bowl games? I don't care about bowl games. I don't give a rat's behind about bowl games. However, the donors do. They're shelling out money to travel with the team and act like they're, you know, in the mix with the program and friends with. Harbaugh and the staff, they love that stuff. They don't like losing every bowl game. By the way, Gavin, have we talked about bowl games at all? What, what's going to happen? Because they're, they're not happening this year, are they? They are happening. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They have, like, a new branding, like, a college bowl season or something. Right, that's but how can like... they, like, we're, we're struggling with teams practicing, right? And then traveling. And now you're going to travel in the middle of December which we all think is going to be flu season and COVID is starting to get worse again. And then you're going to be traveling to these towns where there could be outbreaks. And then you're going to play a football game. And then you're going to travel home. And you're supposed to expect the fans to travel with you. I, who are these fans that are going to go? I, you, you, you couldn't pay me money to go to El Paso, Texas in December to watch a college football game.
7: They did cancel the Holiday
6: Bowl, which is the one in San Diego. Yeah, because of course California is paranoid uh, about everything. Like, I mean, the weather in California in, in San Diego is going to be what sixty seventy. No, I mean, come
0: on, that's the <laughs> one Santa bowl game Clara. that you probably could
6: play. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, the forty.
8: Uh, uh, probably yeah. still go to the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit in uh, in December or January. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I've been to that bowl game before. I, I nearly caught pneumonia and freezing rain.
6: Oh yeah, I'm it's sure, not fun. I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's awesome to go to December. Uh, Detroit in the middle of December. Um, but like I can't kill Harbaugh for what he's done. Like, listen, four of five seasons, top twenty finishes. Can, can I give you one
8: stat though that that will make you pause? If you are, if is you it are the zero and
6: six against Ohio State.
8: No, 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 no. It, so it might be zero and five. It's their record in the big house against Michigan State and Ohio State. Now this is in Ann Arbor, in the okay. big house. They are one and seven. Mm. I mean one and six. Excuse me, against Ohio State and Michigan State in their own building. Yeah. Under Harbaugh. That's not great. Like, those are the only two games you really, if you're a Michigan person, that's the only two games you want to see. You don't want to give Michigan State the satisfaction of beating you. Because they're the little brothers. It's like the Clippers every time. You know, you saw it this year. It was every time the Clippers were stunting on the Lakers. Same thing happens every year with Michigan State and Michigan. Except it just ratchets it up. But then you also want to be competitive against Ohio State. And by the way, Michigan State's gone to where Michigan wants to be while Harbaugh's been there. They've been to the college football playoffs. They got stomped, but they got to go there. And they've beaten Ohio State. And Harbaugh hasn't beaten Ohio State. You can't, like, if you're in, if you're a booster at Michigan, those numbers are fine, but that's not good enough. You want to be playing for national titles. You want to be playing for but, national titles. But here's championships. the
6: thing, though: Michigan was never playing for national titles, and that's the big. But their disconnect. boosters believe so. They're well, a they blood. believe so. But if yeah, you USC look at like the last twenty five years, they they're not in the they're not in the mix for the national championship. Like that this idea that Michigan is a national title contender because the brand is strong, I think that's garbage. You they know, just I, haven't been. I agree, but the
8: money is. Is blind to that. The boosters are kind of blind to that. They are not ready to admit that that's the reality.
6: Yeah, and and you know they're they're in a bit of a warped sense of uh, worth right now. What is it? Sense of self worth. They they really think they're an elite delusion. And listen, yeah, they're delusion. Same thing with Texas fans. Uh, hundred percent agree. The reality is, uh, the SEC dominates college football. Michigan is a great brand. They're going to win a bunch of games, but when you get on the field with the big boys, you're not going to win. So now you get on the field with Ohio State and Michigan State, and you're not winning those. My my only issue with Michigan is, if you let go of Harbaugh, what do you do? Because you ain't getting a better coach and recruiter than Jim Harbaugh. You're not. I think at this point, some
8: of his record might be working against him, but... I agree in large part, but at the same time, like you've got to also sometimes change the scenery is good, and sometimes there are coaches out there. I look at Notre Dame, which does, which is basically doing everything Michigan wants to do. Like you, you've got a guy who can recruit to, to the north, who can get kids from California, from South Florida, to come to spend four years of their lives in northern Indiana in the winter. Yeah, I'm trying to think. And,
6: is, is Brian Kelly considered a good in-game coach?
8: I mean, like, he's, he's gotten I, them I,
6: to the BCS championship.
8: He's right, gotten but them but to a the, playoff. but they're He'll the, probably go to the
6: independent State. where they play, uh, uh, I don't know how if their schedule is considered tougher uh, than Michigan's because Michigan has to play Ohio State every year. They have to play Michigan State.
8: Usually when they put out those strength of schedules, Notre Dame is usually playing one of the tougher ones just because – I mean they go out there and they they pull teams like Georgia and they pull teams like Michigan almost every year like they, did, they yeah, there's, they did there's play some Georgia. heavy hitters on and, there. and then
6: again, they get smacked around in the b c s what was the score when they played uh Clemson in the in the playoff or was it Alabama? it was like twenty eight three thirty five three
8: again compared to Michigan, at least they've gone there
6: right
9: they, but uh, but you know the Michigan
6: there. fans chris as a as a, as a you, they're gonna just say what well, we got there, but we got our butts kicked, we got crushed like we got all these orange bowl outback bowl peach citrus, and we lose like they're just never going to be happy. There are there is a large segment of the population that's never going to be happy, and I I don't know that I should admit this, um, but I'm kind of in. The, yeah, <laughs> I'm, no, I, I'm kind I of totally one of those guys. Like I'm 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 very happy, and I'm always like, okay, that's great, but um, I'm never satisfied. I, I guess my point on the Brian Kelly
8: thing is that Brian Kelly originally was a coach at Central Michigan mm-hmm. and then at Cincinnati. Like you can go and get a coach from the group of five schools. Who will who who can play at that next level? You don't have to always be beholden to a Michigan man or to an NFL coach if you were a Michigan. Right, like, but, there is do this, it, but there is yeah. this
6: there's this mentality that he's a Michigan guy. We're all one. We're all Michigan men. And if they fire him in an ugly manner, that would not go over well. Yeah. I don't think they fire him. I think they find a way to say, Hey, Jim, you know, if the if you want to go to the NFL, we'll understand. Yeah, you know, in
8: a, in a polite way. But you don't kick him to the curb. His contract is up next year. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be something really interesting to keep an eye on. It's definitely not going to be like what some boosters had said before in the
6: past where they'll give him a lifetime yeah, contract. No, no. That's not going to happen <laughs> no anymore. Way. So in the next hour, we'll revisit this because I have uh, several NFL teams, I think, work for Harbaugh. Uh, and I don't think he's a bad coach. People can rip him, but I, 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 I'm not selling Jim Harbaugh. All right, coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio. We are going to bring in a guy to talk about the big Sunday night football game. Uh, But first, here's what's trending with Isaac Lowen. Jason, this morning, the Baltimore Ravens activated six defensive Uh, players
10: from the COVID list. Yeah, they'd all been close contacts of cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who had tested positive last Sunday in college football. 10th-ranked Wisconsin announced two additional new positive COVID cases arising in just the last four days. So Wisconsin currently has nine active COVID cases on its roster. Wisconsin's game today against Purdue already canceled. Wisconsin is scheduled to play next Saturday against Michigan. On the field Friday night, 11th-ranked Miami trailed NC State by 10 with 11.05 remaining in the fourth quarter. But just eight minutes later, they had pulled to within four. Here's Joe Zagaki and Don Bailey Jr. on WQAM.
0: King claps his hands. Snap comes back. Throws it to Harley. Get, get it!
7: Get it! Horley get get, get it! Get it! The ball. Harley's headed for the end zone. Harley's at the
5: twenty. Hold 15, on. Ten. Five. Harley <laughs> into the end zone. Touchdown! It's a touchdown for Miami.
10: As they want it 44 to 41. De'Aaron King. 31 of 41 for 435 touchdown passes. He also ran for 105, accounting for 535 yards of total offense. Ninth ranked BYU blew out number 21 Boise State, 51 to 17. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, 21 of 27 for 359. Two touchdown passes. BYU running back Tyler Algier ran for 123 and two touchdowns. BYU receiver Gunner Romney, a distant relative of Mitt, caught six passes for 133 yards. Also Friday night, San Jose State defeated San Diego State 28-17 to improve to 3-0 for the first time since 1982 when their head coach was Jack Elway, John's father.
6: Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac, back here on Fox Sports Radio. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest covers the Tampa Bay Bucks. And uh, they got a big game, if you hadn't heard. Uh, It sounds like they're going to be facing Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Let's bring in T.J. Reeves to discuss it. T.J., good morning. How are you, man?
11: We are outstanding here. The weekend has gotten off to a great start already in Tampa Bay because my ladies' 7th and 8th grade middle school soccer team already victorious. I know you're West Coast and it's early and we're just waking up, but they're already victorious this morning and we've had the post-game donuts. So everybody's that's, in a good
9: mood that's
11: and I know we're ready to talk Bucks and Saints.
6: So, TJ, let me ask you, um, is this uh, soccer been happening all season? Because out here in L.A., You can't play soccer games. That You have to travel out of state, and I'm not even kidding.
11: It's amazing all of the things that start with you can't do out in California. But that's a whole different discussion, isn't it? So, yes, (laughs) we have been playing all year since September and uh, socially socially distant and and, uh, conscious of all of this. But obviously soccer is outside, and so that helps. And so, yes, we've had a good time with that. And gotten revved up, and now uh, now everybody's getting revved up for Bucks and Brady and and Saints and Breeze in a rematch from Week 1 in which New Orleans was much better.
6: Yeah, let me ask you this. When you think back to that Week 1 game, uh, you know, the Saints could not really do anything on offense with Michael Thomas, with Emmanuel Sanders, with Alvin Kamara. They could do nothing. I, I think they barely had 200 yards of offense. Why do why am I supposed to think this anything's going to be different this time? It, it, like the Bucks' defense is only getting better. Would you not agree?
11: I would agree, and the Bucs have been taking the ball away uh, at a much bigger clip uh, as well. And that's something the Saints, by and large, don't do, is they don't turn the ball over. And the the Buccaneers have had great success, starting with that Packer win, where they got the pick six and one other interception to flip the whole game around on Aaron Rodgers uh, in the second quarterback three weeks ago. Uh, Followed that up with a a great performance uh, in, in Las Vegas defensively. Yes, they gave up some yards and a couple of scores, but they once again got stops, got a key interception off of Derek Carr. Got the win. You look at the Monday night game. Same theme. I know it's the Giants. They're bad. Daniel Jones. But the Giants were winning, and the Bucks got two takeaways again in the second half to flip the whole game around. So turnovers will be a big key uh, in this one uh, because the Bucks did turn it over in the Superdome with two Brady interceptions. The Saints did not, and that's a large reason why they won. All
6: right, TJ, let me switch it over to the Bucks and Antonio Brown. You've been around the team. What's the vibe in specifically the wide receiver group? Because, you know, Antonio Brown, obviously very talented. He's obviously got a connection with Brady going back to uh, the Patriots where he had a cup of coffee with them. I don't. I mean, like, I get it. He's really, really good. But if you're Scotty Miller, uh, if you're Mike Evans, uh, Godwin, are you a little worried that maybe Brady likes the other guy more than everybody else?
11: Well, I think it's a good, you know, it's a good question because the whole chemistry thing does come into play, obviously, and at the same time, he is a guy that if he is right, now we're not talking about the off-field problems, we're not talking about the antics in the, in the locker room, if he is right, physically, he is a weapon vertically down the field that will stretch the defense, and that's what Brady sees, that's what Brady understands. But you've got Pro Bowl caliber receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin already. So your point about how does that mesh in the room? I think it's one of those where if Antonio Brown understands that uh, he may not get targeted eight times or ten times every game, he may be used at times as a speed decoy to open up other things. If he buys into winning and trying to win a ring here with the Bucs, then, uh, then I think it goes well. Uh, Godwin, again, has had a finger injury, yeah. suffered in the Las Vegas game, didn't play last week, practiced late this week with a special glove, with a splint and a special glove. He is going to try to give it a go in the pregame up and see if he can play. If he cannot, then Antonio Brown's going to be counted on, Jason, even more in this game Sunday night with Mike Evans.
6: So, TJ, my only concern with the Antonio Brown, I believe he has an incentive-laden contract, and this is a guy with a lot of legal issues, um, he ain't making no more money heading forward. Like he, he's at the almost at the end of his NFL career, maybe a couple more years, but nobody's paying him big bucks. I I just wonder: is he going to be chirping if he doesn't get the ball? Like he can't be a decoy out yeah. there when he's kind of paid by uh, not paid by target, but you know, if he hits <laughs> certain milestones, um, I don't know. Do, do, am I too, am I worrying about too much with the Bucks here?
11: Well no I think that it's valid that is he going to be a problem if he doesn't get the ball and I think that's going to be up to him first and foremost I think Tom Brady's been mentoring him and working with him I mean it's no secret that Brady has said this he's been living with Brady and Giselle and there is a there's an image <laughs> on a Saturday morning there's a reality show in the offing with Antonio Brown hanging out having breakfast with with Tom Giselle and the kids but in any event uh I I think that the Bucs believe that uh, Brady will have great influence over him, that guys like Gronkowski, uh, who's a veteran that's won rings, Mike Evans, who's a veteran, will have some positive influence on him, and he's got to buy in. But here's the thing, Jason, he's week to weak. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality. He's week to week. If he doesn't buy in and he's a problem, he will be gone. And, and Bruce Arians has said as much. He won't be here. So it begins Sunday night. Let's see. Ultimately, it lies at the feet of Antonio Brown. Can he behave? Can he buy in on the team concept? And if not, he won't be in Tampa Bay very long.
6: Now, to be clear, I do believe the Bucks are the best team in the NFC. That's not a hot take. It's – I just I, – this is a loaded team, right? <laughs> Brady, an MVP, uh, he's he's in the mix. 20 TDs, four picks. However, I got to ask about this Brady-Arians. I, I don't know. Under current um, – maybe it's buried now because they're doing really strong. But Arians did say a couple months ago, like, we don't need Antonio Brown on this team. Then Tom Brady stumps for him, and now he's on the Bucks and he's living with Brady. Um, I – What are we supposed to make of Arians and Brady and the offense? Do you think they're running more of a Tom Brady offense or a Bruce Arians offense?
11: Oh, they're still running the Bruce Arians offense, but there's definitely some Brady input on some different routes. I mean, it's no secret that they've come into their own with him finding Gronkowski on things they were doing in New England. I mean, each of the last three games, he's got a touchdown. Uh, Gronk does. Uh, But but I, I think the reality is Mike Evans was hurt earlier in the year. Godwin's been hurt twice. And Godwin, again, is a Pro Bowl caliber receiver that does a lot of the dirty work. They have been banged up overall at receiver. And so there's also COVID concerns. But you mentioned the Saints and Emmanuel Sanders, that they've been without him for the last two games because of that. So I think ultimately uh, Brady probably won over the front office, the Glazers, the owner, and everybody with, hey, there's a lot of upside and very little risk here that uh, if we bring Antonio Brown, we're talking about, in – and he doesn't succeed or he is a problem. We can simply get rid of him. But for right now, you have an extra weapon and extra depth if guys are hurt. And that's another strong argument for why he was brought in.
6: All right, TJ, let me ask you here to wrap up about the fan situation in Tampa. Tampa wins this game. They have the inside track on the NFC. Seattle could still win it. But, I, I mean, I, I don't think we've ever seen this. Home field advantage in the playoffs, followed by the Super Bowl in your backyard. Um how many fans are allowed in the stadium at Tampa now and are we going to see that number go up or are is it capped you know for the rest of the season
11: Currently it's right around 20%, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 15,000. The hope would be later in the year that it might increase. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. Okay. If it's 30,000, if it's 30%, if it's even if it's 50%, you're not going to get more than about twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 on the map that are socially distanced. That's going to be the max. And the, and the Super Bowl, again, that comes from the NFL on what they decide mm. to do. And, and might this be the first Super Bowl that basically has 15 or 20,000 people at it? It may have to be, just because of the current circumstance with coronavirus, social distancing, the health guidelines, we'll see. But for right now, for Sunday Night Football tomorrow night, I know it will look mostly empty. It's weird watching this in other places like Kansas City, where we've Fans and a couple of other places where it looks like no one is there. Right. But this is basically 15,000 people that are allowed to be there yeah. from our night.
6: And I will, I, I gotta, I'll ask this. Do, do Have you seen a difference in anything at all on the on field product with no fans versus fans this season? Because I, Watching at home, it doesn't sound like any quarterbacks are going to be struggling to get plays off and there's noise and they're taking timeouts. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. That's it, the biggest yeah. thing
11: is that everybody can hear everything and there really is no home field advantage against the opposing team trying to change the play, get the play off. You know, and I think it has a, an influence, too, on the officials. We could go on and on about this. When, when they're making calls uh, and, and there's 75,000 booze, that affects you. Mm. You're human. You can't tell me about that flag Monday night at the Meadowlands it gets picked up, that if there's 75,000 booing, that it's, it's not going to affect the guys on the field. So, yes, it, it is weird. Uh, it, it, On television, you can't tell as much. What the fans just need to understand is that a lot of these games that have no one there, you're not hearing that fake crowd noise or the music. You're hearing everything on the field, pads popping, uh, you know, audibles, curse words yelled every which direction. You're hearing all of that because there's not anybody there. Love it's it. it's bizarre. It's 2020. Jay.
6: Great stuff, TJ. You can follow him on Twitter, at BuckSidelineGuy. Enjoy the game, TJ. We'll definitely be uh, monitoring everything. That's a great Sunday night matchup.
11: As a guy that always used to walk down Saturday night on this network, good to be with you, Jason, here as a part of the Fox Sports Radio alumni. Let's see what happens with the Bucks and the Saints. Be well.
6: Thank you, TJ. All right. Hey, good stuff. Uh, TJ covers the Bucks. Uh, Listen, this is a great game, you know. This is a pro. I don't know if it's one of the games of the season, but it feels like it could have a lasting impact. If the Saints pull this off, folks, they now are in the driver's seat for home field advantage because they will have two wins over the Bucks. And and what happens if uh, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome ends up getting fans later this season? A lot of stuff to monitor coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm I'm shocked at how quickly this news came out. And you probably missed it this week, you know, given the election. And um, I would say Thursday Night Football, but everybody was watching uh, the election. Actually, Thursday Night Football ratings were not bad. But uh, we'll talk about this news next in case you missed it. Today, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races. Worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. All right, so the NBA usually is the most fun offseason of any sport, right? The winter, what do they call the baseball, Gavin, the winter stove? Hot no, stove. Hot stove,
7: I'm sorry. Jeez.
6: <laughs> we have the winter stove out here in California. Well, we yeah. have the the winner,
8: the winner, like, owner's meetings, I think, as well, is in there. So, yeah, that's part of the hot yeah, stove. Yeah, the
7: winner's meeting. Yeah,
6: and, and it's like baseball, the offseason is okay. NFL offseason, it's good, but there's not a, usually a lot of huge moves. NBA is where it's been at for, like, the last five years. A bunch of stars have been on the moves. That obviously helps. And now this offseason is going to last basically two months. Unless you're a team that didn't go to the bubble, then it's like seven months. So NBA really got screwed up this year. And I got to be honest, guys, it's like two weeks to the NBA draft. Um, NBA free agencies after that. And I don't know how the NBA gets in the discussion. Again, usually this is all happening in June and July when there's nothing else going on. Now you've got the NFL, college football. Again, the Masters next weekend, the Breeders' Cup today. Uh, I don't even know if there's any more tennis happening. I would assume no, but who knows? Uh, there may be NASCAR. I don't know. Like, it's, it, the sports world is just so crowded right now. Toss in an election. You know, toss in Thanksgiving. And where's the interest I, I, in the NBA offseason? I, I, it's just, it's a tough one. Now, the good news for the NBA is the biggest, you know, domino is Giannis. And it's not like he can go anywhere. Basically, he's going to get offered the Supermax. and I, you know that's about it, and the NBA, I guess, decided. You know what? We don't have a huge off season. We got to get money, uh, meaning we got to get the owners' money. So we're going to start the de- the season December twenty second, and I, I think LeBron's been mum on it, unless I missed a comment, Gavin, from LeBron, or um, I don't know. I I was just uh, thinking about. I
7: I, I do think uh, LeBron came out and said he supports a Christmas deadline uh, of coming hmm. back. Um, but I do wonder, you know, when we saw all the decline in ratings and everyone has their reasoning for it. Well, we're going to find out because the NBA is going to come back against the NFL and it's a normal time slate. And if the ratings are still down, I want to hear what people are going to say.
6: Yeah. I mean, if memory serves, the NBA usually has a first week pop, right? Oh, it's back. Let's see the first game. And then it goes dormant. And then Christmas is like the rebirth, right? And I'm just good- saying compare it
7: to that time last year is what I'm saying. Like, just compare it. To what it was last Early year last at that year. time, and also first week, second week kind of thing, yeah. and we're going to see. We're going to get a lot of answers.
6: Well, and again, we're inside two minutes to play in the in the hour. But I wonder how much, if the election goes the way it is now, how much will a president not banging on the NBA all the time because he, you know, chose to bash it a lot? How much will that impact, if at all? And and we don't know. We again, we don't know how much it impacted. I do. I mean, I, we've never seen an elected official. I was
7: told that that it had nothing to do with the president and social justice. Yeah. I had. I, yeah. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want to. I think I think everyone needs to stick to what you originally said and then we'll find the answer. I don't think the ratings are coming back. I don't see anything that showed me that interest in the NBA is, is going to flood back this i just don't yeah, see I, it. I don't i, don't I obviously don't see it going up
6: there's no, no way it would there's go no up. way but i was um, told the games don't really we the regular season has never really mattered, right but it's the been
7: teams a... aren't interesting that's the thing is the storylines what is the storyline um the the warriors might be back with the healthy curry lebron like, LeBron, what? He's been in the storyline for a decade. are <laughs> kind of burned out LeBron on LeBron, LeBron fatigue, Jason. You'll get around to it someday. I, It'll take a while. I, I, but I, I enjoy this. greatness, guys. I'm from Ohio and I'm burned out on LeBron. Yeah. And I, I, I love it. Man. At least Tom Brady, like, you know, makes
6: it interesting. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have LeBron fatigue yet. Anyways. All right. So, second hour, we'll do NFL picks, um, college football cancellations, and Antonio Brown. He's back.
12: And you will not believe where he's going next. The
4: Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
3: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
5: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers... To string trimmers and more. Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
6: Our number two here on Fox Sports Radio. It's me. Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, Looks like we have some news here. Uh, In a bit of a surprise, the Cowboys have decided to start Garrett Gilbert against the Pittsburgh Steelers over Cooper Rush. I thought maybe Rush would have a slight advantage. Um, given that he was in the Kellen Moore system already, but I guess not. Garrett Gilbert against Pittsburgh. Uh, that should be fun. And you know what? Let's dive right into the weekend slate. We've been bringing him on. I we, we discovered this guy. He's a sharp guy. Like, what, three, four years ago, started bringing him on the show. He's been crushing it, and now he's got a wife and kids. So we don't text as much during the week about the games. T.A., my main man from Ohio. T.A., how you doing?
2: What's up, Jason? Yeah, I got a, I got a baby right right behind me, and there's oh. a decent chance she might cry yes. while we're on. So just yeah. an
9: FYI.
6: I'm sure that'll be. I, I've had those days, buddy. Uh, it's it's difficult. Let me let me quickly ask you. Listen, we know you can't make money uh, long term betting on double digit favorites. Any? Do you make anything of the Garrett Gilbert starting against Pittsburgh over Cooper Rush?
2: It's funny you said it was a bit of a surprise. You thought Rush might start. I actually thought I was. I tweeted uh, before last week's game. I thought Gilbert deserved to huh. start. So remember, Gilbert uh, was with the Browns last year. So I, I saw him up close and personal. He actually had a a really good preseason. He this is a five star quarterback uh, who went to Texas. If Texas, you recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's got the pedigree. He's got good size. I mean, I think he's like six two, six three. I mean, he's actually got a strong arm. I You might be a little bit surprised when you watch him on Sunday. I mean, again, tough tough matchup against Pittsburgh, but he can sling it. Like, I wouldn't, uh, I, you know, to me, I have no idea why they went with Danucci last week. Maybe just he knows the system uh, over Gilbert, but uh, you never know. Uh, Gilbert might surprise you. A
6: yeah, the bit. only read I could have on that is uh, we've seen the Steelers' secondary get beat deep a little bit, they've been exposed. The problem is, can he hang in there against the pass rush, Steelers, uh, pressure rate, all that stuff. I mean, through the roof. This is a nasty defensive line. But the, the spread is 14, so let's not talk about that game. All right, T.A., um, I like this one. The listening audience it has, a, has $500 to bet on one game this weekend. One game. And it's against the spread. You can't do a, a total. You got to pick a side. Where are you advising them to put their money?
12: Well, I mean, I would say Seattle
2: as long as I can get two and a half. Right. 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 (laughs) I mean, I think it's two and a half or three. I got two and a half personally. To me, this is like you never uh, look, I, I, you know, I like fading. um, I don't like it, but I do fade Russell Wilson from time to time when they're bigger favorites because they keep every game close. Right. I mean, uh, except for last week, I mean, essentially, um, you know, 90% of their games in the last two years, you know, they don't win by more than seven, eight points uh, in a game. So, yeah, so they keep games close, but when you when you get under a field goal or even a field goal in a spot like this where you're facing a bad defense, I mean, we know Buffalo was really good last year, the second year was great, but they have really struggled. They have one of the worst slot corners, maybe the worst slot cornerback, Taron Johnson, um, He's going to have to face Tyler Lockett, who spends almost 60% of his snaps in, uh, in the slot. You know, DK Metcalf had that big game last week, but... Mm-hmm. You know, probably uh, Tre'Davious White will will shadow him, and that will leave uh, Lockett roaming free for all those people that play props. Uh, take a look at his uh, uh, receiving yards and and, and and receptions, and you know, uh, uh, you know all the uh, one day fantasy leagues. So um, I think they're gonna. I think they're too much for Buffalo's defense. Um, you know, early down success rate, which is a much better predictor of overall game uh, success than you know this total offense and defense. Seattle ranks third best in the NFL, and Buffalo's 28th. I just think, <laughs> you know, they don't have a pass rush. Uh, their linebackers are terrible in coverage. I think Russell Wilson's going to have a field day. The, the weather's supposed to be awesome. Yes. 70 and sunny in Buffalo. No wind concerns. And Josh Allen, you know, he started off the season hot. He was getting MVP buzz. His first four games, he was second in the NFL in uh, EPA per dropback. In the last four games, he's 20th. I mean, he's he's really struggled here. I know he's had some some bad weather games to deal with, but you know, he's faced the Jets. He's faced some bad defense. New England, which isn't a great defense anymore. So I think Seattle with Jamal Adams back, they get Carlos Dunlap in the lineup. I think they are the right side here. I think they'll be able to score essentially where they want to against this Buffalo defense.
6: I'm with you. I was surprised that it dipped down to two and a half. I don't know what people are seeing. Uh, and it looks like it's like a soft three right now. So it could go back down to two and a half. Uh, all right, let's go with the next game that, uh, you know, I'm in the contest and I'm uh, Seattle's my my number one pick, but it's a tough week, man. And and I know this is probably not going to be popular. I'm sure we'll disagree. But I think I'm riding with the Bucs, favored by four at home. It's four in the contest against the Saints. I mean, I can't find one edge that the Saints have here. We've seen the Bucs defense get beat over the top by Herbert. Um, you know, Drew Brees isn't beating anybody over the top. Maybe, maybe if Winston comes in, possibly, but... Even with Thomas and Sanders, they could do nothing offensively in Game 1. Um, when Drew Brees started against Bulls last year, uh, he missed one game, Bridgewater played. And Brees couldn't really – I mean, he had decent numbers, but, again, it was small, five five 5.1 yards per play, I believe. I, I, I just – I like Tampa here. I almost think it's a smash spot on Sunday Night Football. I, I think Tampa kind of beats him down.
2: Yeah, but it's, just, it's kind of a rare spot. Uh, I what I looked up, I haven't seen um, – you know, the Saints haven't been – more than a three-point underdogs, 2017. Like mm. it's been a long time. Yeah. I have Drew Brees in the lineup. I should mention. Um, so this is a rare spot, and yeah, he's not a type of guy who's going to be you to the top, but he's so ultra. He's still ultra efficient underneath. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to uh, short passes in terms of uh, accuracy. And yes, they do get Michael Thomas back. They also get Emmanuel Sanders back this week. Um, I don't know. Like that's just a lot of points. I love Tampa. Like they were. I was the one uh, preseason who was saying, like, I don't believe in, you know, there's a lot of people who wanted to be contrarian and say that they were going to struggle this year, that they they weren't as good as people thought. I, I, I had them in the Super Bowl personally, mm. so I've been riding them a lot this year. Um, but they haven't really, you know, besides that Green Bay game, they're not really blowing teams out. We saw them play a, a tight game against the Giants. They're coming off a um, a Monday night game, so it's a shorter week. I, I don't personally love that, that side, to be mm. honest, but I can see why – you know, with the fast linebackers, of Devin White and Lavonte David, I can see they can hang with with Kamara. They do a good job of shutting down receivers out of the backfield. So I can get where you're coming from. One one key injury we should mention: uh, the, the right guard for sorry left guard for Tampa, Ali Marpet, mm-hmm. is out. He's he's uh, rated as one of the top five guards by Pro Football Focus this year. Um, you know, not that the Saints have a great pass rush, but just keep that in mind. It's the only time this year that a Tampa offensive lineman has missed a game. Yeah. so um, And they have no depth behind them. I mean, literally nothing. A guy who's taken 16 snaps in his career will start. So just keep that in mind. That could be something if, if the Saints could get pressure up the middle against Brady, who like pressure up the middle. Um, so I don't know. I'd say smash spot, I, that's, um, that's tough. That's tough against the Saints team okay, that doesn't get bored out often.
6: It, it, listen, it's that tough of a week for me, man. Listen, I I don't know. We could talk Colts-Ravens. Like, I feel like the Colts <laughs> are the side, but, I mean, do you really want to go against the Ravens uh, at their rock bottom after Lamar's four turnovers? I don't know. Where are you on that game?
2: Yeah, this you're right. This is the toughest week of the season, in my opinion. There aren't a lot of great matchups that I like. I, you know, <laughs> I did take a little bit of the Ravens, but I'm possibly regretting it. I don't know, like, the more I look into it, there's something going on here. Um, here's the thing. Lamar Jackson is really good. If you look at his passing splits between uh, facing man coverage and zone coverage, he's way better against zone coverage, like two times better um, against zones than man. And a lot of teams, you know, will play man on him because if you play – or, sorry, will play zone because if you play man and you know get receivers that go deep, he can, you know, run for yeah. a decent amount of yardage and it's tough to stop him. Now, the Colts play the most zone or as much zone as any team in the NFL, so we'll see if they change it up. So he could he could find success. Ronnie Stanley, obviously out, is a big injury there at left tackle. But they will slide Orlando Brown, who's who's still a top you know top thirty ish tackle in the NFL, uh, to the left side. So he'll be he's, he should be okay there. Um, you know, defensively they they do lose Marlon Humphreys. So that's a big deal. Uh, at corner. And Jimmy Smith popped up on the injury report again. He's questionable. He's always They don't have a lot of depth <laughs> there. They got Marcus Peters and they yeah. got some, uh, you know, a, a, a rookie um, undrafted free agent. But no uh, T.Y. Hilton for the Colts. Yeah, no T.Y. Hilton. So that's the thing. So they can't really take advantage because there's really nobody on the outside for the Colts to really uh, take advantage there. So I don't know. I, and I know that the Colts have a great run defense, but so did the Steelers. And J.K. Dobbins yeah. ran for over 100 yards, and they ran for 265 yards as a team. So I, I think it's a tough matchup, but if you're getting the Ravens, like you said, you're almost buying them at a low spot here. Um, the line movement scares me a little bit. Yeah, somebody,
6: that. yeah. Well, L.J. Ford, so. they just announced he's out there. He's like their second-best linebacker. Um, and, and, you know, you're, you're losing guys at the second and third level. I just don't know if Rivers can take advantage. Uh, that's my big concern here. They, they, they threw. He completed passes to 11 different guys against the Lions. That's the one thing it's like, okay, well, is Jordan Wilkins going to come through? Are, are three tight ends going to really catch passes? I, I don't know, man. Rivers scares me. I haven't Here's really bet on him Rivers. much this year. Huh?
2: Sorry, not to interrupt. Here's the thing with Rivers. He's actually, you know, Baltimore blitzes as much as any team in the NFL. He's actually top three in the NFL in QB rating uh, against, against pressure mm. this year. You'd be surprised. And so that's a one advantage there. But, he, but how, the reason he's so good is because he has an, uh, you know, his, his running back, especially Naheem Hines, as outlet. So he just dumps the ball off whenever he sees pressure. The Ravens are one of the best in the NFL defending running backs out yeah. of the backfield. So there's just like – it's like punch-counterpunch, right? It's, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of different ways. So, it's it's so, going to be a
6: fun game. Yeah, so T.A., we, there's great games, but we uh, that's the thing. We're in Week 9 now. Uh, there's half a season of data for all these teams. The, the lines are going to be sharper. And the, the matchups this week are brutal. Like, where is a layup? I thought – Maybe the Raiders getting points. That's now pick them. Um I, I, I don't know. Is Washington a layup? I mean, a favor by two uh, and a half? Washington? I, I don't no. know where to go, man.
2: It, you know, one side I like. You, you may or may not like it. I like Arizona a lot. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you why. So they're minus four and minus four and a half over Miami. And everyone is, is you know, the love fest for Miami now for what they did last week. But uh, if you watch that game and you look at the box score, yeah, they were they were excellent on defense. They scored, they essentially scored 21 points of right. their 28 on defensive or special teams touchdowns. So they, they had a, you know, the Rams are up seven, nothing. They're driving, they're inside the 20 uh, of Miami. And then, you know, a blindside hit of golf, he fumbles and they return it 80 yards for a touchdown. Then they get a punt return touchdown, um, against, against the Rams. And then they get another fumble recovery, take it down to the one yard line. They punch it in. So essentially 21 points. They had a, they put up three yards per play on offense three, okay. They um, Tua, you know, in his in his first start, um, they're four point three yards per play.
9: Yeah, check this no. out.
2: So they, they 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 put up three yards per play. They allowed uh, a little over five. Do you know since two thousand in, in that situation when an offense has put up three and has allowed at least five. Teams are two and one hundred and eight. Okay, yeah. so for them, not only to win, but to win by double digits, I think it was a complete mirage. I love Brian Flores. I think he's done a great job. You're not going to be able to, to scheme up some of those blitzes um, against Kyler Murray because he can break free and, and run. Obviously, Goff um, struggles against that New England uh, style of defense, like he did in the Super Bowl. It was the same, yep. you know, strategy, same game plan from Brian Flores. I don't think you can get to see the same thing here. Um, and Miami has no run game. I mean, Miles Gaskin is out. Uh, Matt Breida, their backup, is out. They got to go to Jordan Howard, who Whoa. has uh, 14 yards on 18 carries. He's this year. so bad. Right. You didn't. So uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on Tua, and you know. Devontae Parker is going to be guarded by Patrick Peterson. So where did he go? He's got no run game. He's got a bad line. And he's got no number one receiver, essentially, if he gets slowed down. So I think it's a tough spot for Miami here. And so I like Arizona. So
6: coming into this week, I loved Arizona. I said it on the podcast Monday. That's one of the teams I'm looking at. And then you get the COVID news. Byron Murphy, their their second-best cornerback, out. Kennard, out. And then Drake Kirkpatrick, who's been bad, but he's a, he's, he's got to start because they got nobody else. He's doubtful for this game, missed practice all week. And I just remember the last time Miami, I know they had Fitzpatrick, faced a banged-up secondary in San Francisco, pulling guys off the practice squad. Fitz torched him. Gasecki, Parker, Williams, deep. And I, I don't know if Tua can do that, yeah. but he's not going to be under as much pressure. And, T.A., this is uh, not data that um, it can be quantified at all. So I do radio hits during the week and I must have had four radio hits this week where I asked the host, so who do you like? And their first pick four times was Arizona. And you know that, that, that like, I don't know that they're exactly a square side this week, but everybody, you know, is like, ah, oh, Tua, come on, he looked terrible. And I just, I like Arizona a lot as a team this year. I just don't, as a favorite, right? They lose to Detroit. As a favorite, they lose to Carolina. I know they were a little banged up in that one. As an underdog, they're great, but a favorite of four, four and a half, five, I... It's tough for me to lay it. I, I don't know. What, what about, um, yeah. I mean, there's one other game. I, I like the Bears, and I'm kind of off them because of their injury report. Let, let me hear your Raiders-Chargers. I, I really want to take the Raiders here.
2: This is a tough game because I actually like really, I, I like both teams going forward. I actually you know, I got an article up at, uh, at Sharp Football where okay. I talk about, you know, some of the um, kind of early season trends, like teams that have faced tougher schedules, and have essentially underperformed based on point differential. And the Chargers were like top of the list, Ugh. you know, they, because they have, they think about who they faced. They've lost the Kansas city, um, the, the saints and Tampa all by seven points or less. Right. Um, so they faced a really tough schedule. And, you know, they're hanging in there, losing tight games, but they've got one of the easiest, if not the easiest schedule um, going forward. So I like them as kind of a sleeper. You can get them at seven plus seven hundred to make the playoffs. Um, And, you know, they're really shifting their strategy the last two weeks. So Anthony Lynn has been known as a run heavy guy, right, with Tyrod Taylor back in Buffalo and early this season. Well, now. He's starting to to you know lift up the uh, the reins for for Herbert, if you if if you will. And so they're throwing the ball a lot. They're being yeah. a lot more aggressive on first down, which I think is very good. I actually love the over here, but I know it's not you know a play obviously for a contest. I think they can move the ball obviously on this poor Raiders defense. The Raiders lose Maurice Hurst and Arden Key, two of their best pass rushers. Hmm. You know, the cornerback situation is, is tough. Um, they're not they're not that good. Um, defensively. I mean, I think the Chargers are, are missing Bosa. So that's a big deal. Yeah, and the, and the Raiders, yeah, the Raiders are again, another team. I like them going forward. They, you know, look, they beat the Saints and, and uh, they, they beat the chiefs. You know, you don't do that. If you're not a, a quality team, they're one of the better offenses in the NFL. If they get their offensive line fully healthy, which they're missing Trent Brown still and Colton Miller, the right tackle is questionable. Oh. They need that. They need those guys to be, be healthy they can move the ball on anybody. So I think it's going to be, I think that the line is right. I think it's essentially a pick on game. It's who has the ball last and can the chargers maintain a lead? If they get a lead, I think there's going to be a ton of points. This will be, it's probably my favorite like game to watch of the day. Um, but I don't think there's a right side here. I think both teams have advantages that both teams will move the ball. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of points. So, you know, flip a coin. I can't really give you a great angle on that one,
6: unfortunately. All right, All right T.A., well, thanks for the great stuff, the solid 15 minutes of, like, just pure gambling talk for the NFL. And uh sounds like your Buckeyes are in good shape this season, man. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you about the playoff when they get there. All right. Thanks, All right, great. thanks, Appreciate T.A. It. You can follow him on Twitter, at Cleve T.A. A uh, lot of great NFL stuff. He's now at Sharp Football uh, doing write-ups for them. Today, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Breederscup.com slash 2020. Coming up next, we're going to go back to that Jim Harbaugh topic and the college football cancellations. What the heck is going on? No Trevor Lawrence tonight. We'll do all that next here on the Jason McIntyre Show, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
4: That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
3: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring?
5: Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
6: Whoa, today the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. Oh, my goodness, folks. I honestly was reading uh, injury reports during the break, and then I just opened social media, and all it is is a flood of, CNN has projected and named a new president because he won the states or whatever. Wow. Um... I don't know. It feels like a big moment, but uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know. What do you guys make of that? I mean, the, what the, does it matter that? What does it matter that like a network calls it as? It doesn't. Uh, doesn't mean anything. But listen, this is. It's not going to be fun, folks. And I, I, you know, I was talking with Cowherd about this. We like it when the sports are center stage. Obviously, listen, the nation matters, and that's huge. But it's fun when we can watch a football game. Or settle in for six hours of college football. And not have to be worrying about states and election fraud and allegations and tweets from elected officials. Like, it's just, it just sucks. Let's be honest. It's not fun. It's not fun every night when we need to turn on the TV and we want to settle in for some sports. And instead there's this guy said this and this did that. You know, it's just, it stinks. And it would be, and, and listen, given 2020, anybody would love to get back to some normalcy, Right. The nor- uh, normal, what we were, I don't know, eight months ago. Well, maybe longer that back than that. But I am looking forward to a Sunday, hopefully, where it's just wall-to-wall football. And I'm actually, I just started, uh, I, I got added to this new Sunday show for Fox. So um, it's, it's going to be good. It, it's a Fox NFL gambling show. Uh, it'll be digitally on all your streams. And, uh, you know, we'll be breaking down games. Like, it's good that we can... Put aside all that other stuff and dive in to just football. Like this Jim Harbaugh topic fascinates me. And uh, ordinarily, Iowa Sam, um, Michigan, Indiana, not a marquee game, but given Michigan struggles and Indiana b- winning against Penn State early, this feels like—and I said it in the first hour—Harbaugh's last stand as our reg- resident Big Twelve slash Big Ten correspondent, Iowa Sam. Yeah. Well, is Harbaugh going to be the head coach next
13: year? I think so. Really? I think so. I think he'll, he'll. I think Indiana's a good team, but he'll beat Indiana because they're not one of his rivals. You know, he doesn't beat his rivals, but he beats everyone else. he doesn't beat
6: Michigan State or Ohio State, but he could take down Indiana and
13: Minnesota. A a, a win over a ranked Indiana team on the road would go a long way in terms of, you know, staving off the uh, critics for at least the short term. But like, but that is a marquee game, because Indiana's yeah. good, and but they deserve you to be ranked.
6: But try selling that to a casual fan at Michigan-Indiana. It's like, oh, really? Well,
13: this That's is, this is the pandemic season where... Uh, it is. Like, Coastal Carolina is in the top 25, yeah. and, you know, Cincinnati's in the top 10. And, I know. think
6: Gavin and I, we talked about this BYU quarterback. Have you guys watched any of him last night? He's really good. Oh, yeah. This kid's a pro. Made me some money last night. I looked him up on Rivals. Three-star recruit. And we love these guys who come out of nowhere and and are awesome and go to the the league. That's where the big value is, right? Zach Wilson is his name. I looked him up on Rivals. Had 15 offers coming out of high school. 15. Boise State uh, had an offer to him. Fresno, Hawaii. And he's at BYU, and he's absolutely crushing it. So, this is a year where a lot of teams could need quarterbacks. And thankfully, we will have plenty of good NFL draft content. There's going to be the Jets. Um, maybe the Falcons, maybe the Lions, uh, certainly the Jaguars, maybe the Giants. And there's only really three or four guys at the top of the draft. Iowa Sam, uh, last quick question. Trey Lance, um, North Dakota State kid. Where is he on your radar? Uh, I know they've only played one game this year, but, because of COVID, but being a Midwest guy, is there enough chatter about him in your neck of the woods of Iowa?
0: Um...
13: No, I mean, he's been talked about, you know, on national shows. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a, a sort of a, a darling out there in uh, Fargo, I believe. Yeah, Fargo. Um, let me just circle back real quick to Zach Wilson. He's had a great season so far. He's actually on Steve Hartman's Heisman list for the last couple of weeks, but they really? haven't really beaten anybody. They're probably their big, biggest win so far is Boise State, but Boise State's only played two games.
6: Well, and yeah, so how much will played that hurt him? To,
13: uh, it, I don't, I mean, it, I don't think it will. I mean, they're still demolishing teams and they look like a top 10 team. Well, in Trevor this, Lawrence this win in
6: the Heisman, right?
13: Right, just by virtue of being
6: absent. Absent two games. I mean yeah. Mac Jones at Alabama.
13: Um, they're not
6: playing anybody the rest of the year. Well,
13: you know, Mac Jones has had a nice year so far too. I mean, I think we still have a long way to go for the for the Heisman. This is true.
6: Yeah. All right, we'll get back to college football but coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio. Uh so the Green Bay Packers, every week it's something with these guys. Aaron Rodgers pops off last week, then he just destroys the 49ers. Where are we? What the heck's going on in cheese headland land but first let's go to isaac lowenkron with what's trending
10: jason the pittsburgh steelers announced a short time ago that a staff member has tested positive for oh. covid and that contact tracing surrounding the new case is currently in progress the 7-0 steelers visit the cowboys tomorrow speaking of the cowboys tom pellicero and ian rapaport of nfl media reporting that they plan to start garrett gilbert at quarterback against the steelers with cooper rush backing him up This morning, the Ravens activated six defensive players from the COVID list. They had all been close contacts of cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who tested positive last Sunday. In college football, 10th ranked Wisconsin announced two additional positive COVID cases from the last four days. Wisconsin currently with nine active COVID cases on its roster. Its game today against Purdue has already been canceled. Wisconsin's scheduled to play number 23 Michigan next Saturday. Speaking of Michigan, they visit 13th ranked Indiana at the top of the hour. Also kicking off at the top of the hour, number 20 USC hosting Arizona State. In a 9 a.m. local time (laughs) kickoff, jeez, a kickoff time being derisively referred to on social media as "drinking a bloody Larry," in reference to embattled (laughs) Pac-12 conference commissioner Larry Scott. Uh, Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, a bloody a bloody
6: Larry. 9 a.m. kickoff. Wow. Local time. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre, not having a bloody Larry. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So our next guest knows Aaron Rodgers and the Packers very, very well. Packers with a, uh, you know, light work against the 49ers on Thursday. I'm I'm curious, Tyler Dunn of the Bleacher Report. Where are you right now on the state of the Packers? It, it seems like every week it's veering extreme left, extreme right. Things are great. Oh my gosh, panic. We don't have receivers. We need to make a move at the deadline. Oh yeah, we're winning the division and possibly going to get the number 1 seed in the NFC.
14: <laughs> you just nailed it, man. It's <laughs> like there's no middle ground with this team right now and uh I think that, you know, I haven't lived out there in Green Bay when I covered the team up, up close day to day for four or five years. It's it's different, man. I mean, the, the team is a religion there. There's there's no fan base quite like it, so I get it. I just feel like, you know, the overreaction to the Jordan Love pick is the overreaction you're seeing to any time the offense struggles at all. It's instantly, oh, my God, you're wasting Aaron Rodgers' prime. What are you doing? What do you think? I mean, Look, I think a lot of quarterbacks would die to have the best wide receiver in football, a top three running back at Aaron Jones, the best left tackle in football, and a lot of weapons who are a lot better than people think. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily dire straits around him and that it really wasn't. I think it was brilliant what Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur did. It's the, the worst thing you can do is not have a quarterback. They had a guy that was 36, 37, playing really well, bridge the present with the future, you know, give him a couple of years, I don't know if Jordan loves any good. They think he's really good. It deserves the shot here. So, uh, to answer your question, I feel like they're a contender. Um, The run defense is still kind of an unknown after they got gassed by Delvin Cook, but they're going to be in the mix, like they always are.
6: All right, Tyler Dunn, I'm going to play devil's advocate, okay? I look at the schedule, and I look, and I say, okay, let's see who Green Bay's beaten. Oh, they beat New Orleans. And other teams with a winning record, they've beat mm, nobody. And they played... Tampa Bay, and they got smashed by them. Um, I don't know. Are we overreacting to a win over the 49ers who, you know, basically had the JV unit in there?
14: We probably are. It was, <laughs> that, might be, that might be being kind, right? That was more of the, the modified team, maybe the sixth, seventh grade squad getting called to varsity. That was, I, mean, I didn't even know some of the players out there. So they, they better, you know, rip through them like they did. I feel like they're just—they're—they're going to always have a shot. You know, it's always come comes back to by the Packers is they—they they just get soft in that in that playoff moment, right? I mean, think back to some of those Niner teams with those defenses. Seattle, it, it, they get into the NFC Championship game, they get into the playoffs, and they were just generally soft. And I think I had a lot to do with Mike McCarthy and the way he ran the show removing him from the equation gives them a shot in mm-hmm. that moment, I'll say. <laughs> I, think, I think that was addition by subtraction, and Matt LaFleur has done a lot of good in changing the culture there inside and out. That being said, I mean, we just referenced the run defense. That's got to be a concern, but there's, yeah. there's, there are at least some playmakers on that side of the ball. They, they completely changed that defense, and I just get sick and tired of everybody crying about the lack of weapons on offense. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has a lot around him.
6: Yeah, and now now I'm going to go the other side of the coin. And, Tyler, I don't want anybody to get too excited. But here is the rest of their schedule. Remember, the Packers did yeah. not win the division last year. So they don't have that first-place schedule. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Chicago, Philly, Detroit, Carolina, Tennessee, and Chicago. Um. I don't see any world beaters on that lineup. I know the Colts right. can be plucky. Uh, the Bears have a winning record, but it's a there's a whiff of fraudulence there. The Eagles, eh, we'll see. But the rest of those teams, I mean, we could be I, I, again, Tyler. I know people are yeah. panicking. You could be looking at a twelve or thirteen win Packers team that is number one heading into the playoffs. The number one seed,
14: totally. I mean, I think that they're going to be twelve and four. They're going to be thirteen and three. They're going to be. Right at the top of things, there it's going to come down. Like you said earlier, I think Tampa Bay. I mean, a team that can just get that pressure without needing to blitz, cover on the back end. That that's always been. I mean, there isn't a formula to, to stop and shut down Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, you can contain him to a degree with with that. I mean, and 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 we when you think back to some of those playoff losses, that's kind of what happened. I mean, the Giants did it to that fifteen and one Packers team, the Seattle right. San Francisco. They they flustered them up front, so. Tampa Bay is just absolutely loaded. I mean, they, they can get pressure without needing to blitz. So I think at the end of the day, that's going to be the challenge. I, I don't know if they can beat Tampa Bay, but I think they'll they'll be in that game. I, this this team isn't just going to crumble and fall apart.
6: All right. So now let me ask about the trade deadline and the whole weapons thing. You touched on it. I I got to say, when you you know when you get beat up by Minnesota and then you play Tampa and you get smashed, obviously there's a we need help. I mean, Devonte Adams obviously is a superstar, but. I know Alan Lazard, you know, it's not like we can count on Alan Lazard returning and being the big difference. Are you surprised that the front office didn't just take a flyer on a Will Fuller or Brandon cooks as a rental? Um, just why not? I, you
14: know, it, it does make sense. I, I can follow the logic and I'm sure there are a lot of Packer fans that can remember 1996, you know, Andre Risen was the ultimate rental. Mm. I right? you know, had him for half of a season. And I mean, he, caught the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. So I, I get it. I, I guess I, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I just wasn't surprised. I think for all the the heck that Ted Thompson took and, and Brian says is different in a lot of ways. Maybe he'll take chances that Ted wouldn't. But when it comes to valuing draft picks, when it comes to just being cautious, there's still a lot of Ted there in that front office, I think. So They they've got a lot of young receivers. I think that 49er game, granted, you know, JV team, like we said, Marcus veldes Scandling, perfect example, right? He has the terrible drop. And you can just kind of hear everybody in Wisconsin upset that they didn't trade for Will Fuller. And then he comes back and makes two big plays. I think that they are confident in the young talent they have. Alan Lazard, yeah, it's, it's not a name a lot of people know, but I think he's a legit number two receiver. I mean, he looked great before that injury, and they're getting him back soon. They throw all these different tight ends out there, and this is a team that is going to want to run the ball. I know Aaron Rodgers has been, you know, unbelievably efficient at this point of his career, but mm. Matt Lafleur wants to get creative. He wants to pound the ball with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. You can see he really wants to get AJ Dillon going too. Yeah, I, I just think that this isn't a, a team that is necessarily going to go three, four, five wide and need all these weapons at receiver. So why would you just give away give away a mid-round pick that you value?
6: Yeah, that, that's a fair point. I, I did make a mistake, Tyler. I just got a text from somebody like, hey, the Packers won the division last year, you idiot. <laughs> My bad, I messed that up. You probably didn't want to embarrass me. I They did win the division. I don't know what explains this easy schedule. They're going to be favored in every game the rest of the year. How is this possible <laughs> that they got this cupcake schedule despite winning the division? Usually, you know, you're supposed know to play it. that first-place schedule, but wow, oh, my gosh. Well, anyways. All right, Tyler, I guess I'll wrap up by this. Do, do you anticipate fans in Green Bay, should they get home field advantage or host a playoff game? I know right now COVID is not looking good uh, in your neck of the woods, but come January, do you think there will be fans in the stadium?
14: Boy, I wish I, I, wish I had the answer to that, man. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's bad in Wisconsin right now, and they've got the masks on, the big – Statues of uh, curly Lambo and some party outside the stadium to try to tell folks, "Hey, put put this thing on." I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be totally guessing right now. It, it doesn't. It doesn't look good, and it's it, it, it's too bad. You you wish that there was some kind of middle ground, some kind of balance, some kind of way to to get fans in there. But when it's spiking like this and all these cases, I definitely would think that they're just going to play it safe.
6: Okay. All right, Tyler Dunn. Follow him on social media at t y d u n n e. Enjoy the weekend off. You know, no Packers game. They won easy Thursday. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, Tyler. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me, Jason. Yep. uh, Tyler Dunn, Bleacher Report. Sharp guy. And uh, I butchered that. The Packers definitely won the division last year. And you know he's a good interview when he doesn't be like, yo, yo, they did win the division last year. What a brick. But thank you, to Shout out to my friend who was listening and texted in because I saw it pop up. He doesn't text me all the time. At any rate, coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Antonio Brown is back. It's weird, like, CNN declares Donald Trump has no longer, is no longer the president with Biden winning, and now Antonio Brown's coming back. Those two have nothing to do with one another whatsoever. But this is the world we live in. We'll do a lot of sports here in the final hour and 20 minutes. Keep it locked, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue.
4: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow.
5: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools
6: Today, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth $31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. So we'll talk Breeders' Cup in about 40 minutes uh, with a guy from the TVG network, the Horse Racing Network. Um, horse racing in November. Masters coming up next week. College football, you know, besides the 10 games that are canceled, good slate this weekend. Um, NFL, thankfully no games canceled. I do have a mild concern. I don't know, Gavin and Sam, if you agree. But let's say you are a 2-12 and NFL team. And you've been on pretty much lockdown for three-plus months. And you ain't, you're not going to the playoffs. Are you being as safe as you were back in September when it comes to not hanging out with friends, you know. Remember, you're a 26 year old young guy in your prime. Are you being as safe as you should be? And do can we expect more COVID numbers in the NFL going forward? I I wouldn't think so, and
7: I, no, I I do think you'll expect more numbers. I don't think they can be trusted. No, no.
6: I guess that's my only concern, and it came up after I saw. I don't know who reported. Maybe Mortensen that their NFL's tinkering with a 16 team playoff eight in each conference as opposed to seven. I'm like, why would they announce that now? What on earth is going on? And I wonder if behind the scenes, the NFL is a little slightly, slightly concerned about everybody keeping their their act together. I mean, if one guy gets it and he's hanging out, now we did see the Ravens, Marlon Humphrey got it, all his contact tracing, none of them contracted it, which is great news. Um, You know, obviously given... Halloween last week, there was some concern. I mean, it's only been, what, six days, seven days? No real impact, I don't think. At least locally for us, nationally, it's bad. And then, you know, voting on Tuesday, and now, you know, we get into November, and oh, it's it's a nightmare. So, what's that? Oh, yes, yes. We have, well, we'll get to Antonio Brown in a second, but first, we have the Geico play of the day.
10: Zach Playfink, five-step drop. He throws on the end to Rex. Another touchdown catch for Rex. He goes down and in and in for six. Isaac Rex in the end zone, and the Cougars extend the lead to 29-3. Second touchdown catch of the night for Isaac Rex, sixth of his season.
6: BYU last night, huge win. Uh, Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too. Because having a home is hard work. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico.com, easy. It's interesting. We have started to think maybe it's time to buy a house. You're seeing some prices come down. Um, I don't know. Where, I don't know that we're in the market. We're always just looking around, seeing what's out there. I think that's what you kind of have to do. And you could argue that Tom Brady was always looking around to see how they could improve Tampa Bay. And adding Antonio Brown, man. I'm a, listen. I'm I'm anti Antonio Brown. If you guys heard me on the Odd Couple when the news broke a couple weeks ago, I was blasting Antonio Brown as a human being. He is, by all accounts, all the litigation against him and all the allegations that are out there, not a good human being. He's just not. He's done a lot of bad things. However, you know you got to give people a second chance. Antonio Brown is on what is. Seventeenth, eighteen yeah, chance he's, something. He's, like he's had quite a few. <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot of chances, and it is weird to see Brady want to bring this guy into his house, um, and try to rehabilitate him. I mean, I, you know, Antonio Brown in Florida has had some problems. Um, I guess maybe that's why Brady wants to insulate him a little. I'm sure there's a support staff there hanging with Antonio Brown, um, but he could be the difference between this team being the Super Bowl leader and, you know, a really good, good contender. I mean, think about it. If Seattle is your number one competition, how on earth is the Seattle secondary, which has been the one of the worst in the league all season, how on earth are they supposed to contend with Godwin, Evans, Gronk, and Antonio Brown? Earlier in the show, we had um, TJ Reeves from, uh, he's a, Oh, oh, okay. Uh, We had T.J. Reeves on, uh, Buck's sideline reporter, and, you know, we talked a little bit about the Antonio Brown situation, and, you know, sometimes you got to take that chance. Uh, The Bucks are all in. They're giving him a chance. Uh, You would expect when Brady's doing things like reaching out to Tony Robbins, (laughs) Tony Robbins, to kind of help him out and get Antonio Brown back on the right path. Because, remember, this guy in Pittsburgh was an awesome talent, and it's not like he's that old at this point. Um, I think he could be a huge difference maker. Uh, and that Bucks team, poof, we'll see. I think, I think they're the team to beat in the NFC. All right, so final hour coming up. We'll do a lot of NFL. Uh, we will touch on horse racing. We'll do some more college football. Um, it should be a fun final hour. Uh, there's a lot going on in the world, and thankfully, sports is still happening. Back after this. Hour number three here on Fox Sports Radio. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico. Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. This is a big hour right now for college football. The Pac-12 is finally getting underway. Iowa Sam, how fired up are you? 12 is back baby. Woo! Actually, you know, Pac-12's got a long way to go to get back. Uh last Pac-12 national title was what, USC like 15 years ago? Or am I missing something? Oregon didn't win not with Mariota. Um they need the Pac-12 to come back. Listen, we've seen the ratings for uh college football dip a little bit. I saw of the top 5 games this season. 3 of them are Big 10 games. Big 10 obviously has a large um footprint in college football. And, you know, the Big Twelve being good, Ohio State matters. It would be nice if they could get Michigan back. Uh and the Pac twelve obviously massive. Um obviously the other big news is now every network has said it's uh Joe Biden has it, including Fox News, which is a surprise. And I at some point, Gavin, I would like to get back to our NBA discussion we were having in the studio, NBA, NFL and um it's not for right now, but I think it's an interesting one in that the NFL had, was having a struggle in the post Peyton Manning years. If you guys remember that, it's like, well, the NFL had Peyton Brady. We were seeing them almost every year play in the playoffs. Uh, Br- Peyton was in the most commercials, and everybody loved him, and you know, Tom Brady kind of wore the black hat with the Patriots and Belichick, and it was like those two going at it. And then Peyton retires, and you're like, oh, what, what's the NFL going to do? Within, I don't know, five years, we have Lamar Jackson winning an MVP last year. We have Pat Mahomes winning an MVP and a Super Bowl. And this year, right out of the gate, we got Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert like, oh, who are these guys? Wow. Look at this. This is fun. And we've seen Tua for like, you know, 30 passes or whatever the number is. I wonder and you know Gavin and Chris in the first hour kind of steered me toward it like what's what's the big juice bringing the NBA back there is a sense of lebron fatigue um I don't maybe, think any, maybe Kyrie and KD can put together a neat video and get people excited can they win again <laughs> can they stay healthy they're always hurt but the guy I looked at was was uh, Luka Doncic and Zion Luka kind of popped in the playoffs the kind of the same way that Burrow and Herbert have popped during the regular season. And obviously the pops are different. NFL, we know it's the biggest sport in America, no question. And, you know, college football or NBA, it's unclear which is second. From the ratings perspective, it's college football. Depends what else you want to count uh, that matters. And the World Series, you know, obviously uh, did not have great ratings. But the Dodgers were a great story. Everybody's happy to see them win their first World Series since 1988. And I just wonder in the NFL like are we are we going to have to worry if Breeze leaves? And I think the the answer would have to be no, right? I mean, Drew Breeze retires. Okay. You had a great career, you're a Hall of Famer, we're going to miss you in New Orleans, but it's not like under any circumstances is the NFL in trouble because Drew Breeze retires. I mean, Brady doesn't look like he's going anywhere. The the stat that I loved heading into the season more than any was that Tom Brady was 43 years old and no quarterback at the age of 43 had played more than six games in a season in NFL history. Well, Brady's smashing that. He's an MVP candidate. And, oh, yeah, he's got 20 TDs and four interceptions. Like, I don't want to hear this, like, Tom Brady's old. It's, he's just not. He's going to play. Listen, when Brady said he's going to play until he's 45, guys, he wasn't lying. He's going to be in the NFL until he's 45, barring injury, of course. And, and the league is fine. We, a couple years ago, it was we got Deshaun Watson. He's up and down. We have Russell Wilson. NFL is really in an amazing place, and you would hope that even if Harbaugh leaves Michigan, and by the way, I've got we've got that game on in the studio, Michigan takes the opening kick. Okay. And unimaginative Jim Harbaugh diving into the line of scrimmage on first down, swing pass for negative yards on second down, incomplete bomb on third down. And I mean, I just don't know what on earth Jim Harbaugh is doing coming out with that game plan. Three and out in a must win game for Jim Harbaugh. Now, I know the Big Ten's going to be okay if Harbaugh leaves. And I'm telling you guys, I, I, I know Iowa Sam, our Big Ten correspondent, said that Harbaugh probably stays. I, I don't know, man. This seems, season seem like it's on the verge of spiraling out of control. Again, Wisconsin next up. I think it's only – is it a friends and family deal at Indiana today, Iowa Sam? I see a smattering in I the audience. I think so. I
7: think there's like like 2,000 right now.
6: They, yeah, they can't friends really and have family. fans. Um, and we got Iowa here. Iowa against Sparty. Uh, The Hawkeyes are rolling down the field with ease. Uh, We got our first Pac-12 game. It's a good day for college football. So, you know, it's raining. It's supposed to rain out here significantly in L.A., although it was calling for like 70% chance of rain, and, uh, you know, it's not really raining that much. It's not as bad as we thought. Um, But our game plan was like, hey, we're going to play some board games. Hey, we're going to uh, maybe watch a movie. And I had somebody tell me that they showed their, I think, fifth grade daughter the movie Scream. Have you guys seen that? Oh, yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. And, and the Drew, they couldn't get past the Drew Barrymore scene,
7: <laughs> <laughs> which is
6: like the opening scene of the movie. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think my kids are ready for Scream. They're not into the scary movies yet. Okay. I, I loved Scary movies growing up, but not in, in fifth grade. Um, all right, so as Iowa gets into the red zone and Michigan looks to hold off Indiana early, it ain't looking good. I had Robert Smith on my podcast, Straight Fire, this week. And we talked about the Harbaugh situation. Here's what Robert Smith of FS1 said about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan.
8: Even with now a 3-3 three and three record against Michigan State uh, and an 0-5 record against Ohio State, I still think, that uh, it, it, And even if he loses to Indiana this weekend, which, it, which certainly is not outside of the realm of possibilities, I think that we just, we've seen everybody say, like, this year, let's just not count this year, okay? Let's just not count <laughs> this year. Let's worry about what happens next year. And I honestly think that would be the case. And just thinking about what kind of competitor he is uh, and, and obviously being a Michigan man, I don't think the school's going to want to get rid of him. And I certainly don't think Jim Harbaugh is walking away. Especially uh, if if he doesn't beat Ohio State this year, there's no chance the man is leaving Michigan with an 0-5 record against Ohio State
6: on his own. Yeah, Robert Smith on my podcast Straight Fire, uh, Iowa Sam. I got to ask you as, as after watching your uh, Hawkeyes drive down easily and score, how do you handle the Michigan Ohio State game? Like it's tough for me to say you got to beat Ohio State. They're going to be like. 17-point underdogs, maybe more. So, what? like, it's kind of unfair, is it not? Isn't it unfair to say, hey, your man, rival, you got to beat Ohio State? Dude, you're, you're probably going to be three touchdown
13: underdogs. Yeah, your, your, your chief rival is one of the best teams in America. It's not a yeah. great hand to be dealt. Yeah, you know?
6: I, I mean, I don't know, like, what do you want to just keep him in there until he beats Ohio State? Okay. Like, I think it was his first year. Do you remember that they had that questionable fourth down spot at, like, the 30-yard line? Gavin, do you remember that?
9: Yeah, the, uh, yes. I think yeah, it was the. I mean, and right. listen, yep.
6: Michigan had that game won. I thought the refs jobbed them on the spot. Uh, I also had money on that game that I lost. Um, but, you know, yes, I do remember bets from five years ago. Some <laughs> of them heavier than others. Don't laugh. I know you've got Chargers bets. <laughs> the, uh, the I've got the USC over, and I'm thinking, man, it's rainy out there. I don't know about this. Yeah. I, <laughs> by the way, I like this kid, Daniels. This, this uh, he, he, you know, I don't want to compare a black quarterback to Lamar Jackson, but. Just watching him scoot. Look at this kid go. Oh, my gosh. He's Ooh. loose. That's like 50 Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he's a nice yeah. – what do I call him? Caden. well, Jaden – No, no, no yeah. Yeah.
7: You just said Daniels.
6: Yeah, he, he's he's wiry like Lamar. He can really sling it. He's got like an under-respected arm. And uh, he runs some nice RPO action. Although, you know, the USC linebacker can't bite like that. Goodness gracious. So, it's good to – it feel, it's starting to feel like a big college football weekend. Well, and now you have all the conferences All the together. conferences. That's what we've missed. So. Big storyline. Jim Harbaugh. What's it going to be? And now what, uh, what do you guys do with Clemson if they lose this game with no Trevor Lawrence and then they run the table? Can they still get in the playoff? Because I don't know that a Pac-12 team is going to be in the mix. I don't know what Big Ten teams are. Let's say Wisconsin goes undefeated. What are they going to be, 6-0? and oh? Can they get into the playoffs? I, it's just so much uncertainty. Uh in college football this year. I listen, I love it. Um I haven't paid as close attention to college football, but I think today's the day to lock in and really kind of enjoy the sport with all the conferences um happening. All right, before we go to break, we we, we got something good here. Former Notre Dame quarterback Brady Quinn has chimed in on Notre Dame Clemson. Clemson, I believe, is a five and a half point favorite. Seems like a big number. Um, Here's Brady Quinn of FS1 on the Irish and Clemson.
1: They can compete and and they can win this game. I mean, look, not having Trevor Lawrence, who if you go back to the last time these two teams played the semifinal game, that was what really hurt them. But that game was a lot closer than the scoreboard actually indicated. It's going to be about whether or not Notre Dame's defense can stop Travis Etienne. If they can stop him, put this entire game on DJ's shoulders, and then control the game on offense with their rushing attack they're stable of running backs, but also Ian Book is a part of that. I don't think it's not being just competitive. I think there's no
6: doubt they can win. Huh? Interesting. Now, I, listen, I haven't watched Notre Dame closely enough to know if they can win this game. I, I thought the Clemson freshman looked good last year, but not great last week. Sorry. Did you see him, the five-star kid?
7: Yeah, yeah. No, Any he, he looked good. Um yeah. I mean
6: they got ETN. You know they got yeah. some. They got talent. There's no no question about that. But um, you just uh, Brian Kelly. You know, we talked about him earlier as a potential coach uh, for for Michigan. I, is Michigan an upgrade from Notre Dame? It feels like a lateral move. If Brian Kelly's going anywhere, he's going to the NFL, right? Um, so here's what we'll do coming up next. We are going to talk about potential landing spots for Jim Harbaugh. There's four or five that make sense in the NFL, assuming he leaves college football. And then we're going to go back to the NFL and look at Lamar Jackson because, folks – He's coming off arguably the worst game of his career, four turnovers. And there is now this question, is he a big-game quarterback? Can he deliver in a big spot? I don't want to hear at home last year against the Patriots. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear about what have you done for me lately. That's what matters. We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats.
1: They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com,
4: the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
6: Today, the world's best Thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races with 31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at BreedersCup.com slash 2020. Boy, college football really popping early, folks. We're 20 minutes in, and Indiana just scored a big boy touchdown. He just I think that's the correct term there is mossing, right? He yes. just went up and yeah. got it. Big kid. I have to Google that guy to see how big he is. He looks like a – just based on that play. And he was being interfered with. So, Indiana goes up on Jim Harbaugh, 7-0. Iowa picks off uh, Sparty's quarterback. They're driving – is that his name, Lombardi? His
13: name is Rocky Lombardi. He's actually from Iowa.
6: Iowa Sam – he is 6'4".
7: That was Miles Marshall yeah, for your Indiana put Hoosiers. Him, put put him on a, an NFL draft Put list. him next Just... to Mike Williams with my Chargers.
6: Let's <laughs> You guys don't need any receivers. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Maybe the Jets grab him. The, the Ravens, maybe. They uh, need all the USC's help. about to score because the uh, Arizona State kid dropped a punt. Like, off his face mask. Like, come on, dude, clown show. And um, so that'll be good. First Pac-12 TD of the season. We're waiting for a ruling. But at any rate, um, it just feels like college football's back. Oh, Michigan is a mess. I couldn't even feel the kickoff. It goes to the end. So, I mean, Mich- listen, guys. I like Harbaugh. Um, I'm not going to trash him the way Rob Parker does. Uh, I will admit I've been wrong on Harbaugh. I firmly thought they would be a playoff team and win a championship under Harbaugh. It's hard to not call him overrated. Just uh, because of how much, you know, they put on him. I mean, again, you look at the records. He has not been awful. But given the expectations. But
7: that's stat that Chris gave us earlier today. One in seven for at Michigan home. at home against Michigan State and Ohio State. Wow. Yeah.
6: No, I. Uh,
7: oh, it looks like USC oh, might have fumbled fumble in the end no. zone. Oh,
6: he's down. Oh, is elbow down? Oh, jeez. That so be that's a
7: where, one. you know, does it cross the
6: plane and count oh, right away? Yeah, or? That, that's going to be reviewed for a minute. Um, so, yeah, to go back to Harbaugh for a sec, like, what's the word? I think underachieved. Can I say that without calling him overrated?
9: Because It's it, yeah, interesting, it, yeah. At
6: Stanford, awesome. Rebuilt them into a, a really, really strong team. Did have Andrew Luck. Uh, at San Francisco, turned Mike Singletary's team, which had some pieces but could never get it together. Uh, turned San Francisco into a team that went to the Super Bowl. He made Colin Kaepernick. Guys, let's remember Colin Kaepernick was nothing. He was a quarterback out of Nevada who was a non-factor. Harbaugh turns Kaepernick into a superstar and they go to a Super Bowl and lose. And, you know, listen, I ain't defending the guy here at Michigan. He just hasn't achieved. Like, look at this. Uh, they can't, they, they have probably negative yards of total offense now, and this is third in a million. And they're about to punt it back to Indiana, which looks fired up. You can just watch a game and get a sense like, oh boy, you can feel the momentum. And look at Iowa, look what they're doing—just rolling up and down the field against Sparty. And uh, Iowa State, yeah, Let they me should ask- be a
13: little inspired because they're
6: 0 two, you know. Yeah, understandable. Uh, Michigan State will be flat coming off the big Michigan win. Michigan win. What yeah. about the kid who had an awesome bowl game for um, Iowa? Uh, he had, like, a punt return, a receiving touchdown.
13: Oh, yeah, Amir Smith-Marset. How's he's, he looking? Well, he's suspended for this game because he got an OWI, so.
6: Oh, no. Right
13: after the uh, Northwestern loss, yeah, O-W-I. he was. OWI? Uh, DUI. Okay. Operating while intoxicated, driving under the influence, oh, you know. Oh, man, I didn't see that. A Dewey. That. Oh,
6: that's not good.
13: Yeah. yeah that, Frustrated. And so, so he uh, he was out driving his car, and he had been drinking, unfortunately, and you know, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a poor mistake that too many young people make, but uh, he's out this game and, you know, he's he's being punished yeah. for it.
6: So. Listen, hey, we all make really dumb mistakes when we're young. Um, that's a bad one. And, um, you know, I'm sure he'll pay the price. Iowa now in the red zone. Boy, these games they're, are good. They're angry, yeah. It feels good. All right, so Jim Harbaugh, I'll give you my landing spot number one. And Iowa Sam and Gavin, let me know what you think. I think landing spot number one that makes the most sense is the, uh, <laughs> the L.A. Chargers. Oh, Harbaugh played for the Chargers at the tail end of his career. Anthony Lynn, I, I, in my Fox Sports gambling column, I said, it remind, Anthony Lynn reminds me of the Seinfeld episode <laughs> where Jerry gets all upset at the car rental agency. He's like, you're great at taking reservations. You just aren't good at holding them. And <laughs> Anthony Lynn is great <laughs> at getting leads, but you can't hold one to save your life. And I think Jim Harbaugh, Would gladly take that. Now, the other aspect to this, Dodgers are on fire out here in L.A. They win the World Series. Lakers, with LeBron, win the NBA championship. Rams have been to a Super Bowl. USC is very popular. Um, If you're the Chargers, you got a new stadium, you need to make an impact. And I think Jim Harbaugh is that kind of guy. Now, are you buying tickets to go see Harbaugh? No. But he's enough rah-rah that you're like, ooh, okay. I can get on board with this. He's going to talk some smack as he did at Michigan. Can he deliver? Well, he's got Herbert. They have a great roster. I think the Chargers make the most sense for Jim Harbaugh. I, you know,
7: they were on my list of where he would go for sure. Um, underrated, or I, you know, uh, my first Charger game I went to, Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback. So wow. I grew up. I grew up thinking Jim Harbaugh was this Charger great. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, I also the two other names on my. Ballot for a next Chargers coach is uh, Lincoln Riley and Eric Bieniemy. Would love to see either mm-hmm. of those guys. Um, so
6: yeah, do yeah. you think Lincoln Riley would? I don't know enough about him. Is he leaving Oklahoma? Like they're not that good. Ooh, they Ooh. weren't
7: good this year, and they haven't been. And you know, I, I think where Herbert is right now, you can get in with him in his second year, and and you know, the possibilities are endless.
6: Yeah. Right? If you're a coach who wants a quarterback,
7: <laughs> the yeah. problem is that the Spanoses are a very, very cheap oh, run well, organization. It. Yeah, he's making. Tons and they're going to have to finally pay up
6: yeah.
7: instead uh, of getting a retread coach. You
6: know? So, my, my number two choice, as Iowa Sam goes crazy over a touchdown pass by the Hawkeyes, 14 0 over Sparty, um, the Chicago Bears. They drafted, I believe they drafted Harbaugh. He played for them, certainly. And he's got that tough guy, blue-collar, um, Midwest ethos, if you will, where he's just into toughness. That's that's like the Harbaugh brand to me is he's just a tough guy. And as a tough coach, tough talker. Uh, remember, this is a guy who got into it with Pete Carroll at midfield after a win. You know? Harbaugh, he's, just, he's, he doesn't take, he's a no-nonsense guy. I think Nagy's in trouble in Chicago, even if they get to the playoffs. We know the GM's in trouble. Um, the problem is you don't really have a quarterback in Chicago. I don't know what they have with Trubisky, but I, I, they didn't extend to me. I don't think he's long for them. And like, come on, Nick Foles. I know he won a Super Bowl, but let's be realistic. Um, roster's decent, but the skill position players stink. I don't know. Where are you guys on Harbaugh and the Bears? I haven't really thought about it. I'm so
7: concerned about their quarterback situation. Yeah. It's interesting.
13: Uh, Jason, for what it's worth, I know that the Chargers are obviously now in L.A., but uh, Harbaugh did coach at the University of San Diego before Ooh. he went to Stanford. He's had a lot of success on the West Coast, obviously taking the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Did great at Stanford. Did really well at San Diego. So I think uh, his home might be out here.
6: Yeah, he he's in. Uh, I think he went to high school out here. I think he's a Northern California guy, NorCal. Can I say NorCal? Or... Yeah,
7: but playing for the Chargers, coaching in San Diego, you could see the, yeah. the the lean out. By here. the way,
6: yeah, I'm, I'm still. We're gonna get to our guest here in a sec, but I'm still getting, like. I've never heard anyone from this area call it SoCal. Is that kind of nerdy? I mean, I grew up with a lot of kids that called it SoCal.
7: Okay. And may or may not have had SoCal chest tattoos. <laughs> oh, get out of here. <laughs> some Seriously? Some kids take it way too far. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, Come at me, from. bro. <laughs> and then people in SoCal will call it NorCal. Right. But if you live in NorCal, you call it NoCal. It's really interesting. It's California is weird. It's the, everything's so easy out here. We just find things to spend our time yeah. arguing about. Uh, no Cal, yeah. Yeah.
6: So. All right, so coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we're going to talk to my guy, Dave Weaver. Uh, he's at TVG Network. We're going to talk about the Breeders' Cup. But first, here's Isaac Lohenkron. <laughs> what's
10: trending in sports all right jason let's get right to it the college football scoreboard with 13th ranked indiana playing host to number 23 michigan here is the legendary Don Fisher on the IU Radio Network. And here's another
1: throw to the end zone. This time it's Marshall, and he made the catch. Touchdown, Indiana! Miles Marshall with the grab, leaping over the defender. 13-yard play for a touchdown. What a throw by Michael Pettick.
10: Hoosiers up seven to nothing over the Wolverines. 5:56 left in the first quarter. 18th-ranked SMU a 7-6 lead at Temple midway through the first quarter. Arizona State, a 3 0 lead at number 20 USC midway through the first quarter in a game that again kicked off at 9 a.m. Pacific time, local time in Los Angeles. And a game, by the way, whose kickoff was delayed 20 minutes by Lightning. Number 22 Texas and West Virginia tied at seven midway through the first quarter, and number 25 Liberty a 7-3 lead at Virginia Tech, 4:40 to play in the first quarter. USA Today just reporting that Utah State is parting ways with head coach Gary Anderson. Anderson had been in the second year of his second stint at Utah State. They fell to 0-3 this season with a loss on Thursday. Nevada. In the NFL, the Steelers announced this morning that a staff member tested positive for COVID and that contact tracing associated with the new case is currently in progress. The 7-0 Steelers visit the Cowboys tomorrow. Speaking of the Cowboys, Tom Pellicero and Ian Rappaport of NFL Media Report, they plan to start Garrett Gilbert at quarterback tomorrow against the Steelers. This morning, the Ravens activated six defensive players from the COVID list. They had all been close contacts of cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who tested positive for COVID last Sunday and the Kansas City Chiefs this morning officially ruled out receiver Sammy Watkins for tomorrow's game against the Carolina Panthers because of a right hamstring injury.
6: Jason, back to you. Thank you. Isaac, back here at Fox Sports Radio. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Our next guest, ah, oh, he's a great guy. Dave Weaver, host and racing analyst for TVG. You can follow him on Twitter at Ice Cold Exacta. Dave Weaver, how you doing, buddy?
12: It's Breeders' Cup Day. This is like, you know, for a horse racing fan, there is no better day, so I'm doing awesome.
6: Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this. So when we started working together uh, at TVG a couple years back on a, on a show... You know, you were the horse racing star. I didn't even know what an ice-cold exacta was. For the audience, you know, can you tell everybody what an ice-cold exacta is?
12: Okay, so, you know, you've got a horse to win. That's a win bet, place bet, first or second, show bet, first, second, third. But an exacta is when you have to pick the horse that wins and you have to pick the horse that finishes second, exactly in that order. So that's the exacta. But when you really think that it's just going to be a lock, a slam dunk, an ice-cold, that's where you go with the ice cold exacta. So, if you have one bet that you really love on the day, you're going to make it your ice cold exacta.
6: Okay. So, Dave, let's get right to it. Uh, Breeders' Cup today. What is your ice cold exacta? Or do you have one?
12: Well, I actually was just going to give you a horse, but now, I mean, since I am ice cold exacta, that would make sense that I have to do it now. So, yeah. So, the biggest race of the day, um, there are 12 races they're already up to race number five. So, there are zipping through because they started so early because they do not have lights at Keeneland. So they have to get all these races in before the sun goes down. So they started 7 o'clock Pacific time, so about 10 o'clock uh, local time uh, over in Lexington. So they're coming up to race 6, but we're going to talk race number 12. That is the Longines Breeders' Cup Classic. It is the best of the best around the world. The the greatest horses. So they go for a $6 million purse. I like the two-horse kids the Law. That might be a name that some of the listeners recognize because he was the favorite in this year's Kentucky Derby and he did not win. He finished second in the Kentucky Derby, but he had won every other race up until that point. I think he bounces back and and he redeems himself from that Kentucky Derby loss. So the number two horse is the law is the winner. Now we need to figure out who's going to be second on the bottom part. Of that ice cold exacta. And we're going to go to the number eight horse, Improbable, who's probably going to be a favorite in this race mm-hmm. for trainer Bob Bapper. It's the California based horse that he, he's raced outside of California some, but I think leaving California is a bit of a disadvantage to him, and that gives his a lot of edge. But I think he's going to be good enough to finish second. So the ice cold exacta, if you're betting at, at tvg.com, 2 8, race number
6: 12. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, TVG is a horse racing cable TV network online horse racing betting site, so you just go on there, sign up, and uh, you know follow Dave's advice. He's won a lot of money betting on horses. Dave, I'm curious, how long have you been betting on horses?
12: Well, um, legally, since I was 18, <laughs> because that's how old you have to be in California to bet. But I've been going to the track. I grew up in Cyprus, so that is where Los Alamitos Racecourse is um, at and I was probably a mile from the track. So when I was a kid, 9, 10, 11, I would go with family members, and my my brother was a little bit older, so I kind of had, I don't know, I was a a little bit older than my age would indicate. So I was like 10, but I was acting like I was, you know, 18. So I would just go and hang out. So I was just kind of, I grew up at the track, you know? So the fact that I now work in horse racing um, is is a dream come true, because I've always been somebody that loves, the horses and and love the math of it and just love the betting side of it so it just made sense um everything's worked out well for me so i've probably been betting for So I'm 46 now so i've probably been betting for uh 38 years probably when i was eight i somehow got my dad to make a two dollar bet for me
6: so dave how do you so were your parents big into the horse racing did, I mean, no did, no interesting yeah so it wasn't
12: it wasn't even my uh my family but like some neighbors would like to go and you know me and my brother would would tack along with them and just kind of grew up and that was back there was no TVG you know this was where you would get the results of the prior night's races when the Orange County Register came on your driveway you know or the LA Times. you would literally get the racing results in the next morning's paper sometimes right but things have certainly changed since.
6: <laughs> wow alright so Breeders Cup today and uh, you know, Dave, I'm curious how how has the horse racing year been leading up to this? I know 2020s impacted, geez, NBA, NFL, everything, college football, ten games canceled today. How has it impacted horse racing gambling this year?
12: It has been a year like no other, and I mean, at one point, obviously, with the pandemic first hit back in like mid March, racing was essentially shut down. Like like every track was was not even open. Um, you know they they wanted to keep the jockeys safe, and there were two tracks that raced. There was one in like Little Grand Island, Nebraska, called Fauna Park, and there was one in Oklahoma, Will Rogers. That normally would take about five hundred thousand dollars in handle on a given day, and okay. they were people were betting like seven million dollars on these these races because wow. there was nothing else to bet on. You know, and it was just still nice because. People need regularity and horse racing fans are some of the most passionate. Like they are just so used to playing the ponies that even though it wasn't, you know, Del Mar or Keeneland, it was still something to get their mind off of everything. Everybody's locked down at home, and it was just nice that TVG was still able to show horse racing, not at the elite level, but it was just those moments are kind of what I remember just to kind of get us through and then slowly but surely tracks figured out how to kind of isolate jockeys and make sure that the protocols were in place to be much more safe. And I think we're – look, it seems like everybody's back up and running now. A lot of the tracks are fanless, you know, So allow a certain amount of minimum fans. But for the most part, it's just empty racetracks, yeah. which is really weird. It's,
6: it's, it's, it all feels so strange. I'm watching – you know, Pac-12 football here at the uh, studio, mm-hmm. and there's no fans. And then you look at the Big Ten, no fans. It's just, it's a crappy year. But uh, you know, Dave is a guy you're going to want to follow if you're into the horses. And uh, listen, there's a lot of stuff you can gamble on right now. And uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave knows horse racing as well as anyone. So follow him at Ice Cold Exacta. Dave, enjoy the Breeders' Cup, man.
12: Hey, everybody out there, it's like the the Super Bowl for horse racing. So make the most of it.
6: All right, have a great weekend, Dave.
12: All right, thanks, Jason.
6: Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we will wrap up the show. A little NFL. i try not to bash Lamar Jackson too hard. Michigan is on the board. How about it? Michigan in deep trouble early, and they quickly rebound and get on the – listen, this is a huge game for Jim Harbaugh. Cannot underestimate that. Um, we'll get back to that and all the games after this. <laughs> Today, the world's best thoroughbreds will compete in 14 exhilarating races worth 31 million in purses and awards at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more about the Breeders' Cup World Championships at breederscup.com slash 2020. Oh, I like this song, Iowa Sam. It's an oldie but a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. By the way, Arizona State imploding. Uh, USC has uh, taken the lead and uh, looks like another turnover by ASU, can't get out of their own way. A bit of a disaster. Great college football slate today. Indiana up now 14-7 on Michigan. I missed what happened. Did you see it, Iowa, Sam? Indiana Did not see that one. No, okay. Indiana has taken the lead. We've been
13: very busy behind the scenes here.
6: Yes, a lot of stuff going on here. Steve Hartman has walked into the building. Uh, I think he wrote Donald Trump's concession speech. Just kidding, Hartman! I'm joking! (laughs) Ah, Just a joke. Just a joke. Nobody's got, uh, conceding anything. We got
13: Georgia, Florida later today. The world's formerly known as the world's Isn't largest Isn't that a cocktail party? Cocktail party. Hopefully everyone's yeah. wearing their masks oh, and distancing. Is there gonna,
6: there's not going to be one, is there?
13: Well, I don't think they're going to be allowed to tailgate. The, the game is in Jacksonville uh, per tradition. j baby. So they're they're a little bit more lax with the, the COVID protocol, but um, there should be some fans there, I would think. And then, of course, we have Clemson at Notre Dame.
6: Yeah, Clemson, Notre Dame. One of the first Super Bowls I attended. And again... I was in a s uh I was working you know for mag for a magazine at the time. So I wasn't going to the game. I was going to the parties and like reporting on the parties. And um Playboy party in Jacksonville was off the hook. And one of my uh, another party I went to was a Hooters Super Bowl party. This is like 2006. And um I remember Jim Kelly, the former Buffalo Bills great, you know. I mean, listen. These it was a Hooters Super Bowl party, so there was like a bait bikini contest. It was, it was a good scene, and I will not forget Jim Kelly and his like buddies making their way to like the end of the stage. You know, the girls would walk across, and everybody would say whatever, and uh, people would vote on who's winning the contest. And then Jim Kelly and his buddies were helping the girls off the stage, and you know, like listen, Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly and uh, all these Hooters uh, women. It, it was a it was a good time. Other than that, Jacksonville was a rough town. It's just spread out, you know? I'm more of a Super Bowl in a near area guy where everything's in the same proximity. Like, I don't know, Miami last year was great. I'm a little worried about what the heck the Super Bowl is going to look like in uh, in February. Like, will there be fans? Will there be the pomp and circumstance around the Super Bowl? Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? Gavin, I'm asking you. Right now, as we finish the first half of the season, who you got in the Super Bowl? Um, that is tough. I'm going to go
7: Chiefs, Seahawks, Chiefs, Seahawks. Yeah, I, and you know what? I understand the the hesitancy on Seattle because of the defense, but I just I just trust them. I trust
6: Russ, and uh, otherwise I would go Bucks. I think the Bucks. Okay, can, yeah, can I was going to go Bucks, Steelers. See, I'm, I can't wait for a Steelers Chiefs game. Okay, so we've seen teams like the Niners get to Mahomes. With the edge rushers. The 49ers did it for 50 minutes in the Super Bowl and then fell apart tired at the end. Watt and Dupree will get to Mahomes. And then, if you're forcing Mahomes to make those quick passes, can the Steelers zone, assuming they play a zone, uh, get it done? Because if you could get to Mahomes before, you'll have a chance. And the Steelers can. They've got a great front four. Um, I, I think the Steelers will have a chance there. I, I do. I, I mean, you know, obviously, I like Mahomes, lots of to love about him, but. I think the Steelers have a chance. The Um, only
7: thing is, does Ben fall off a cliff? Does Ben Roethlisberger struggle at all?
6: One of the sneaky things is, like, if you look at the football outsiders, DVOA quarterbacks, and again, this is free info. You know, you could go look it up. It's not like you need to subscribe or anything. They break down everything, and Ben is not having a good season. You know, he's coming off the, the shoulder surgery or elbow, one of those two. Ben just hasn't been great this year. He just has not. It's kind of a sneaky um, – he's not throwing the ball down the field. If you look at all his passes, they're short. I don't know if that means his arm is shot or they don't want to get the hamstring injuries to the to the receivers because they have the speed on the outside. They got Washington. They got Deontay Johnson. Those guys are burners. Um, they got Claypool. A lot of the stuff is short, and then the yak, yards after the catch. Steelers are great at that. We saw them tear up Tennessee with it. Tennessee's like we're not giving up the big play, and they just gave up like twenty slants to Johnson and Juju, who just would turn up field on these terrible cornerbacks for the Titans and, and picked up yardage. Um, I like this Pittsburgh team a lot, a lot. The continuity on that offensive line, elite defense. I, yeah, I just I like them. Uh, Iowa Sam, who you got in the Super Bowl? Iowa Sam's doing some uh, research on the Hawk. Are they up twenty-one nothing? I think it's twenty-one nothing. Uh, they are up twenty-one nothing in the Super Bowl. I picked the Chiefs and
13: the Packers, and I picked you, the Bucks to well, go to the can NFC come, title. You game. can
6: come off those now, having seen half the season. <laughs>
13: well, now that I have, so I had the Bucks in the NFC title game, right? Good but man. I had the Packers advancing. I don't see the Packers advancing past the Bucks, especially well, if it's on the road. Seeing how they got absolutely pantsed uh, in Tampa did, Bay a few weeks ago. If
6: You look at their schedule. I think they have like one or two winning rec- winning teams the rest of the way, and they might both be Chicago. Uh it's We're talking about the Packers here. Yeah, Packers yeah, yeah. don't play
13: anybody. But still, <laughs> you know, the, the the weaknesses of a team come out in the playoffs obviously in Green Bay's defense it, against the 49ers is not a good representation of what they can actually do. I mean, they're not they're not as they're not very good a very sure. good defense.
6: Seattle doesn't run it as well. Uh, by the way, Jair Alexander left the game against the Niners. He's their best cornerback. He's one of the best in the league. And I was like, Oh, ooh, ooh, 49ers have a chance." No, no. They did not have a chance. Um,
7: <laughs> by the way, Worst beat all year was the under in that Packer Niner game, 48-and-a-half. Oh. That last second, literally last second, yeah. touchdown took it over. I, Brutal. you know,
6: it's weird, Gavin. I don't mess with a lot of totals because I hate rooting for inactivity and
3: no points,
6: <laughs> or I just want touchdowns, touch, you know, because like then you get in like the fantasy, uh, fantasy football impacting the gambling. I was on a fantasy roll, I got up to second place, um, and, and now I've lost two in a row, and I started hasty Thursday thinking, oh, they got nobody. Hasty will get the touches. And it was the McKinnon show. And that's where you knew two drives in. Like, oh. Jason, if your kids ever say, when am I going to use this math? The
7: answer is betting totals in <laughs> sports. Because you're always going, okay, at this rate, 52 can totally
6: hit. You know, Yeah, I know the dad life stuff is fun. <laughs> and, you know, your kids are learning a different way to do math now. And they'll show you the problem and then show you how they got there. And you're like, what are you doing? Why don't you just do this? And I did that, and then my wife's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The teachers get ticked if you don't, like, follow their protocol. So just step aside. And uh, so I'm no longer helping with the math homework. And I'm good with math. I was a math—listen, I, I, we're, we're going full-on honesty here. Full, complete honesty. I'm not hiding, holding anything back. I was a great student in elementary school. Phenomenal. Math—I won the—I think it was third or fourth grade spelling bee— And, like, this other girl was really good at spelling, and I was kind of rubbing it in her face and she because she lived near me and we were friends. And I was kind of, you know, I don't like girls in, like, third or fourth grade. And, um, And she cried, and I felt bad about it later, but whatever. And then we get to seventh grade, okay? And it was like, you know, three or four elementary schools merge. And at that juncture, I mean, sixth grade, I started to get into girls. And then seventh grade, like, you know, three or four middle schools combined. And you're like, "Oh, look at all these girls." And I got on the A, B honor roll the first two quarters or whatever it was. And after and then I got my first girlfriend, and after that, I don't want to say the grades tanked, but they did not do well. And I was just, you know, smitten, chasing girls and like, "Oh, I like this girl." And uh, anyways, that's a little window into the old Jason McIntyre uh, experience. Hey, listen. Similar for sports. I was a great athlete in elementary school. I know, Jason, why are you living off like 35 years ago? What are you, what are you doing? Um, and then come high school, everybody else had gotten bigger and I was not bigger. I know you guys see me on the gram and I look jacked and you want to make nice comments. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I was not in high school. I was a small guy. And I got pushed off the ball in soccer. And I, I mean, I couldn't get to the rim in basketball. I was like, you can't make the team. And that's how I got into sports. And fast forward a bunch of years and here I am. Now, listen. I just rambled for two minutes about nothing. Folks, I got breaking news for you. I'm going to get my first COVID test right now. Now, it has nothing to do with me being exposed. Basically, I'm doing that news show for Fox tomorrow digitally, and you got to be tested to go on the lot on Sundays. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for the help. Enjoy Hartman and Lavar. I'm out.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC
5: Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
0: is going on a road
5: trip.